Hello, folks. On this week's show, we go on the offensive with our Indie of the Week and take a look at some of the biggest gaming news that's broke over the past seven days. On top of all that, you're also in with the chance to win a bolt-action two-player Band of Brothers starter set from store.ontabletop.com. If you want a chance to win that prize, drop a comment below, be a subscriber to the channel, hit the like, and if you can, share it around on social media. It really helps us out. But otherwise, kick back and relax, because your weekend starts now. Hello, everybody. We're back for another week's worth of gaming news. Mm-hmm. And we are going to be kicking things off in a little while with our favourite part of the show. But first, we have a little bit of housekeeping. UK Games Expo, Ben. Yeah, so UK Games Expo coming up soon. Uh, mm. They've put in all their sort of requirements stuff on the website. If you want to go and check it out, it's going to be awesome. We're going to be there. Well, me, Free, uh, Justin, John are going to be there, running around, talking to everybody, showing what's going on at the event. But... They also announced that this week uh, they are doing their uh, sort of short list of voting for this year's awards. Mm-hmm. So you're able to click through uh, if you're lazy like me and you want to find it um, <laughs> over on their website and you'll find a drop down list of all the different sort of games that they've been covering uh, and have been nominated. Um, so all you've got to do is sign up to the website uh, and then you can choose your favorites from the selection that is available uh i have already been looking through this and being uh oh it'll be interesting for imperium to win i think that'd be very cool uh i also quite liked uh the stuff that they've got through for stargrave i think that's really awesome and i know that jerry you're probably going to be going vessen vote for vessen everyone vote for vessen you'll you'll find it right here in the middle just thank you just right there yeah yeah, I also thought it was cool seeing things like Stuffed Fables has got its expansion oh, getting yep. through, which is pretty cool. Escape the Dark Sectors in there as well, some a favourite from us as well, mm. which is quite nice. Um, un, uh, Undaunted is back out there as well from Osprey, which is pretty cool as well. So um, if you saw your nomination popping up in this list, make sure to go through and vote for it, and it could come away with a coveted UK Games Expo Award for 2021. Best new card game, Abandon All Artichokes. I know nothing about that, but people should (laughs) vote for that because that just sounds amazing. Abandon All Artichokes. I I feel like I need to go and look at this now, yeah. Why would you not? No. So and also, Village Green is also very good in that in that uh, category. Very, very twee game. Very nice. Sweet to see. And yeah, yeah. there are still tickets available. I believe mm-hmm. they're, they've yep. opened up some more tickets. Yeah, uh, so the tickets available. Uh, they've also put in, as I say, loads of precautions and stuff to make it so that it's nice and safe for everybody when you are there. Yeah. Uh, they've got masks and everything. They're going mm-hmm. to be doing tests and things on the first day you arrive and things as well. So everything has been done to make sure that it's going to be the safest event possible for everyone. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, going to be very, very fun. And if you're there, come and meet us outside and have a chat with us and all, all that kind of thing. It'll be very cool indeed. Unfortunately, yeah. due to restrictions, you will not be able to lick Justin's no, head this year? No. Not no. this year, guys. If you've not got, this year. If you've got a wet sponge, <laughs> give him a polish. Yeah, right. <laughs> or, or you can blow a kiss from afar. Yeah, I'm from sure afar. Take it. Social Maybe. distancing kissing. Yeah. It's all good. But yeah, so that should be a fun-filled weekend, I believe. <laughs> I shall be uh, sitting in the studio with Warren, yeah. keeping mm. an eye on what you're up to. Yeah, so we're yeah. going to be doing some live stuff during the, uh, the weekend. So you guys over in the studio are going to be sitting there 
checking out all the videos we've been doing, talking about stuff and and sharing what's been hap- well, what's going to be happening over that weekend. So if you don't turn up on the Friday or whatever and you want to go on the Saturday or the Sunday, you can uh, make sure you head down and check it all out. So that's the most important part of the week. It's time for <sighs> Indie of the Week. Oh, I love the soft tones, Jerry. <laughs> Warren will come back next week and people will have it turned Just up shout. for me. Oh, yeah. All of their eardrums will erupt. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. But this week we're uh, we're going all offensive, Ben. We are. We're going offensive, but in the nicest way possible. Uh so uh we're checking out offensive miniatures, which we have looked at in the past in the news because uh Warren got very, very excited about their Falschenjäger and tank riders. Yeah. Uh, this was many moons ago. Uh, but we are returning to look at their extended collection of miniatures, which are great for historical war gamers. Mm, um, so offensive miniatures, been around for a little while now. Uh they cover a, a range of different sort of time periods. Uh they do mostly sort of three main ones. So you've got Napoleonics. Mm-hmm. which is extensive, World War II, which is extensive, and then Near Future, which is mildly extensive. <laughs> <laughs> but very good, maybe for the, you know, the recent years we've had. Uh, but yes, uh, we shall start with Napoleonic. Um, sure. It should be noted that all of these are 28 mil. Okay. done in metal. Uh, and they are sort of based around the proportions and scales that you would see from the likes of Empress and Perry. Uh, the Perry Miniatures team. So if you're looking for some comparisons in that sense, that's the kind of things that they've sort of worked towards. So Mm -hmm. it should fit, again, with pretty much everything out there. So if you're collecting Warlord armies and that kind of thing, it should be more or less on Foundry, War Games Atlantic, they're all in and around that. So they'll blend together quite nicely. What have we got? Yeah. So the Napoleonic stuff, um, it's broken down into, I think there's four different, nations mm. that they've done so yeah. far right um so you've got things like the spanish the french the british and then i cannot remember what the other one is spanish is that, uh, polish? Did I say that? Polish? polish polish is it polish I'll, I'll go back in a minute and see yeah. um but don't worry oh no really really oh he's got a wonky gun can't fire that oh uh, <laughs> I might uh but uh in general uh their range is pretty fantastic um they have done a really really good job of trying to create um, kind of like the basis of what you need for building up these different factions on the tabletop mm-hmm. in your games. Um, so you tend to have a lot of um, the line infantry be sorted out uh, by the folks defensive. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want your standard riflemen marching into battle, they have pretty much covered that. Uh, and then they also tend to sort of then expand that out to include a lot of artillery. And then you've also got your command elements as well. Um, so it's it's a very good range for those who want to sort of like hit that baseline hmm. of Napoleonics. Mm. Um, and with it being kind of like this, this pretty awesome sort of metal collection with a lot of them being almost single, single piece, which is pretty cool. Um, it's very easy to just whack them down into bases, get them onto multi-bases or whatever. Nice. And just get going. Um, yeah, excellent for a whole host of games like, like powder cool. or yeah, that sort of thing. So. Yeah. Um, Obviously, very nice to see the kind of like extravagance and flamboyance of the era. And mm. I'm sure one of the things that a lot of people will be very interested in when they come and look at these is that the proportions of things like the horses like look right. Yeah, uh, I was going to say that. Yeah, because sometimes you see a lot of cavalry in games and they've kind of shaped to make them 
fit with the scale of the war game. They but look I think what they... a bit bubbly normally, a bit yeah. chunky. They actually yeah. look like real horses. As but well. I think that they've actually done a really good job with this, uh, especially in kind of like the stature and the musculature of the horses and stuff. Yes. Not that I will ever be painting these because sod painting horses. <laughs> um, but uh, otherwise, no, very, very good. For, Spray uh, prime, oil wash, rub off. I know it's job easy. Done. I know it's easy. But man, horses, I've got so many bad memories of painting Rohan. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, but um, right. yeah. So if we just click on the follow the Grimwolves, we'll see the yeah. So French, Spanish, Polish, and British. Yeah. Um, they've even got you know your classic British rifleman in the mix there as well. If you wanted to go like sharp, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. We'll have a look at the yeah. Spanish though, yeah. because you know everybody loves the Peninsula War. Of course, yeah. when they get a, a rum deal, the Spanish. I think a lot of the time, a lot of the focus shifts towards the French and the the British, when in actual fact, there was a lot of stuff going on across all of the Napoleonic period, Mm. not just between Napoleon and uh, and Wellington and stuff. But um, um, one of the nice things I like about what offensive do with their range and that they, they, they make like kind of this front and center is that they do their research as that as mm. they sort of subtitle one of their pages uh which is kind of like they actually go in and they read loads of books and they look at all the sort of like um sort of depictions from the period and all that kind of thing oh, and they try and make things as accurate as possible um so that when it comes to painting them and modeling them your friends are going to go around and be like hold on a second there are eight buttons on that jacket there should be six <laughs> I, I see that an awful lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is very cool um but uh but yeah very awesome and it's, it's one of those um ranges i think which gets you looking at stuff uh, beyond just the sort of wargaming side of things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I dive into a lot of this stuff in the Napoleonic period where I'm like, oh, Spanish stuff. And then you go and look on Wikipedia yeah. at the armies and the generals and the troops and sort of- It'll encourage you. Yeah. yeah. It makes you go off and do a little bit more learning and stuff, which is pretty cool. Uh, I imagine that's why they've chose Polish as the fourth. Um, because it is quite the, obscure in comparison. Well, right? they were prevalent in uh, the French army and they excelled themselves in the Peninsula campaign, um, where the uh, Allies were ruling Napoleon back out of Iberia, um, mm. the the Polish were double hard, so and sos, uh, so much so <laughs> that uh, I think they got made up to a guard regiment. And when they were disbanded, they came back for the mm. Hundred Day campaign. Under yeah. uh, the the Poles did a, a spectacular job for mm-hmm. uh, Napoleon and the French. In fact, mm-hmm. let's leave the British and Spanish and have a quick look at the Polish to see what's in there. Which means it, it feels like it is more, uh, not much at the moment, but uh, <laughs> all you need really, line infantry. I suppose yeah. cavalry would be nice, the, the mm. lancers, the vestula. Mm. And the, the one of the other things that's quite nice about this as well is that the, the pricing of a lot of this stuff is quite good. Yeah. Like 45 yeah. quid to 36 feet is pretty on point. Yeah. That is very good. <laughs> for a set of metal as well. That's equivalent to a starter set. Yeah. It's 45 good for a starter set equivalent. It's yeah, really cheap. very much so. Um, but yeah, very nice stuff. It's for spectacular. Yeah, it's and, you want uh, to get involved doing a bit of sharp yeah, in exactly. the peninsula <gasps> with Harper. Yes. God, I love their hats. <laughs> that, 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 those, are, those are the Polish. They have like a square yeah. top. So yeah. it, it peaks out at angles. That's how you know it's, the Polish it's, rather than it's sort it's of standard French. Hat. It is a very fancy. As I say, the pageantry and, and stuff of uh, the Napoleonic period, uh, as well as the, the the powder and the shot and stuff, yeah, mm. very cool. Um, 
but uh, yeah, very good yeah. stuff from them uh, in terms of like the Napoleonics, if you want to go in and check all that stuff out. Yeah. Um, but if you're interested in uh, World War II, then they also have the Elite range, yeah. which is very awesome. Um, so they have kind of done sort of like your sort of line infantry stuff, hmm. kind of like your bog standard troops uh, when it comes to things like um, the 8th Army, Africa mm-hmm. Corps, and the Winter Germans, nice. and obviously the Italians as well, which is very cool. But they also do, as the name would suggest, more of the elite troops that would be involved within the conflict cool. uh, across sort of like um, Europe. So you have the likes of <sighs> your sort of like um, your paratroopers, your Fallschirmjäger, your US kind of Airborne, US yeah. Airborne, and stuff like Mm-mm-mm. that. So if you want to play out, not necessarily more uh, mass battley stuff, you can dive in and play around with a little bit more of the skirmish element of things if you want to. Do yeah. the raids. Yeah. Exactly, the raids. So, for example, maybe if you're looking at Picking up OT hundred hours from from great uh, great now, mm. this kind of stuff would be really awesome for that. You pick up that little set of miniatures and set them into little skirmishes and stuff against the Germans, or maybe even vice versa. Have a German team going to try and take out an Allied position or something as well. Yeah. I love the fact they've got all the vehicles, which is excellent for for doing for these sure. raids. You know, mm-hmm. when you've yeah. got twenty odd British vehicles rumbling across the desert to attack an airfield. Mm, very much so. Yeah, and it, it's it's one of those things that's not necessarily just there for war gamers as well, because um, you've obviously got that um, authentic look to a lot of the miniatures mm. for sure. where they've done the research. Well, then a lot of people who really like just making dioramas and vignettes and stuff that uh, are historically take advantage accurate of this, yeah, mm. uh, and just make that recreate photos as yeah. you can see, which is amazing. Which is what I think they've done with the yeah. model at the side. <laughs> Yeah. So they've actually got tinkering away on the radio. That's I, I, cool. I can't be entirely certain, but I think he is smoking a uh, cigarette as well. He's got a tab in his mouth, <laughs> yeah. just uh, for the full full look of it. Imagine yeah. saying you like finding that and be like, "I'm sure that's a picture of my granddad." <laughs> He's got a miniature of himself as well now. Yeah. It's entirely possible. <laughs> Italians, another small range, mm. but again, very good fighters, mm. terrible commanders. Yeah. I've I've been very intrigued recently by um, Company of Heroes, which is getting its third game out from Relic. That, mm-hmm. that ah. company's coming back from the death. <laughs> yeah, game company uh, who made Space Marine as well, which is very good. But anyway, nice uh, because they're setting that campaign in and around the Mediterranean. When I saw the Italian stuff here, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, so you could do your raids through those amazing towns and cities that you see on sort of like the coastlines of Italy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. find up through the you know the white brick houses and stuff and the white stone houses be really really awesome and then of course you can go in and dive and play around in the north africa theater as well mm. get stuck in which is pretty cool um so yeah um as pretty much with the the stuff for the napoleonics um each of the different sets that they do comes with a sizable amount of figures and then you don't just get your riflemen but you also get things like um brand guns and submachine guns and all that kind of thing as well in there as well so it, it's almost like a, a well-rounded selection mm. amazing cool. there's volksturm if people are planning to defend berlin as well yeah. So you've got your uh, the last, days last days of Berlin. Yeah. Do you know what? I find these incredibly unique. I look at a lot of historical stuff just in attempts to, because history is not my strength, then I do mm. try and get into historical stuff. And I find, in my personal opinion, just my personal opinion, quite a lot of the miniatures can look a bit boring. They can mm. look a bit just kind of regimented, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but uh, these are really individual. These are really unique. Yeah. And mm. they do tell a story. And I actually really love mm. that about these. Yeah. There, there's a bunch of kids mm-hmm. marketing their iron crosses. 
I'm remembering the Taika Waititi. Uh, Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> Jojo Rabbit now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, it did happen. So. It, it really did, yeah. Um, um, but I, I, I particularly like this because, it, again, it's one of those things where, like, it's an element of that period that you don't, necess- don't necessarily see. And as yeah. you say, free, yeah, like, the character yeah. that's built into these is great because it allows you to tell stories that maybe you – you didn't really consider before and do a little bit of extra For learning. Sure. It's like all the stuff that, um, uh, I can't remember who the, the guy who did it, but for the stuff for the, the Warsaw Rising and things, was it JT? JT? Jamie Tranter. Yeah. Jamie Tranter. Yeah, like when JT he did all miniatures. that, yeah. when he did all that was, that was amazing because he went away and did loads of research on sort of like how the, what, what happened in Poland and all that kind of thing as well. That's and then great. we saw Cromlech coming on board and doing mm. some really nice stuff for Poland as well, which is kind of like really nice to see. Um, so yeah, uh, really nice to have like offensive doing stuff like this as well, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, sticking with the elite stuff, if, if you're into kind of like maybe more of your like hoorah US stuff, you obviously have the paras. Mm. So you've got the guys with that sort of very iconic haircut with the mohawk on the, the center yeah. and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, and then you're very sort of like, characterful individual characters that you could use in your skirmish squads and stuff as well, which is- Somebody's nice. been collecting souvenirs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure when he puts that Luger in his pocket, then he makes sure the safety's on. Put the safety yeah. on, bro, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't blow off his toe. No. <laughs> really nice. No, he's toe. That's that winter. <laughs> yeah. Could but be. Yeah, awesome stuff. Um, yeah, the World War II range is absolutely beautiful. stunning. It's, it's a really nice, <clears throat> I suppose, close dive, you know, where you're not looking at the the big armies you are getting in there and going well these were um elite individuals you've got a small group of people doing extraordinary things across the the war Mm -hmm. um and so having just this really individualized selection to pick from Mm. is an excellent way of doing it Mm. the way that i quite like viewing this kind of thing as well is that even if you have a larger collection that's maybe made out of plastic and stuff Mm. because Mm. these miniatures fit so nicely within that scale and proportion of a lot of them maybe the kits that you get from warlord for example you then use these to kind of give your units a point of difference from everyone else's mm. at the table so maybe if someone else has a british army as well your british army has just slightly different characters in it and that kind of thing that are leading the way or maybe you add these in if you're going to be doing something more objective based yeah and suddenly you know that you're fighting over a, a guy who's wounded rather than just a token yeah. on the table or something mm. which is really cool so yeah sort of build again into that kind of vignette style of play as well. So, and also very much more that scenario basis that you see a lot of historical wargaming based around rather than it being just let's fight. It's yep. normally, there's normally a reason behind why you're doing something or you're recreating uh, yep. a moment from the war or something, mm-hmm. which is really cool. So, yeah. But Sweet. No. And then leaving World War II. Uh, leaving the World War II and heading to the modern era and beyond. Ooh. Uh, we have some stuff for those people that like your near future and or very modern <laughs> uh, wargaming on the tabletop. Yeah, um, a guy kicking a wheelie bin, he's very modern. Exactly, so, yeah. a guy with a rocket. <laughs> not a flare up his ass, but a rocket. This is Sparta on that wheelie bin. <laughs> you, know, you know why he's doing that? This will teach the council. He's, yeah. he's really annoyed that. That I removed all the metal bins because then that means they've no longer got the bin lids to smash on the ground. Yeah, yeah. That was the new reason the peace process started. No, 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 the wheelie yeah. bins were just, yeah. you know, plastic goods weren't the same. Yeah, but uh, if you're setting up um, very like- kind of like tight-knit 
skirmishes or scuffles on the streets or something. Maybe you're trying to do something set in a future where, you know, the armies, the army are off fighting real big battles somewhere on the continent as mm. uh, you know the the world collapses uh, as and then civilization and the chavs come oh, out just so I'm uh, appreciating the chavs very with their much. Burberry caps <laughs> uh, and you know suddenly the police got to step in or you know local su- security forces maybe these people are freedom fighters and you want this to change things around or covid well. safe so this is what I was just safe. thinking yeah, yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. Masked up, ready to take out some mm. some security forces and things on the on the on the tabletop. But yeah, I've Very seen cool. a few of these pop up, and I keep getting confused because they look like baguettes. <laughs> 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 it's entirely possible that he has sharpened the point of the steel. Yeah. There was yeah. another one with a shorter baguette. Yeah, there was, yeah. Maybe <laughs> at somebody's head. I was told in secondary school that one of my jobs that I could apply for was fence erecting. I didn't realise that I could then use that as a weapon and the world started to go to chaos. So you see another baguette. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so a very interesting range that is obviously a bit, a little bit more characterful. Mm. Maybe you could use it for something a little bit more tongue in cheek as well, if you wanted to Mm. as well. Yeah. Seven TV and things like that would be. Very good. Spot on for it. Uh, but as well as like, uh, obviously you've seen through this, you've seen a lot of the kind of like rioters and gang members mm. and that kind of thing. They also do like a set of um, security forces or police mm-hmm. with the riot shields and batons and that kind of thing as well, which is pretty cool. The hairy, hairy mob. mob. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, he's him got, if he's heaving a tire. I was going to yeah. say, he's got, a, he's got a good arm on him. If he's the doing facial that, expression yeah. is correct on that one. No war nice. games. Very good. The yeah. irony. Is that yeah. it's you, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entirely certain at what There's point. There's always a Jerry. At what <laughs> point, uh, I, I decide to go against more games. That's, that's the time we're... I got those uh, sandals. When it all goes digital, that's when... Oh, uh, that'd be it, yeah. That's yeah, that's it, that's it. When everything is app-based, yeah. that's it. No yeah. more war games. That's Hit the hairy the mob. That's yeah. the hairy mob. When more war games disappear, this is mm. what they will look like. Uh, I also quite like the idea of using these maybe as... Um, like a civilian mob in a game to play around with the... Um, the scenarios that you're playing. So maybe you have two teams of individuals fighting over the streets or something, or maybe trying to achieve an objective or extract someone who's important. And then you have a gang or someone rebelling, charging mm. through the streets, suddenly messing things up. And, you know, it's not then easy for your team to break through and get to the other side and that kind of thing as well. Suddenly you've got to worry about being beaten around the head with a two by four or something oh, yeah. as well. So, well, gangs so, of room yeah. in the historic uh, sort of, Pantheon have that mob mentality yeah. where you have mm. mobs that go around and, and mobs can either be uh, neutral or they can be very aggressive towards you, depending on how things are kicking off. Yeah. Uh, you can stampede yeah. mobs of people into your uh, opponents if you line it up well. Mm. So doing something like that, playing a Walking Dead style skirmish game yeah, yeah. where you can, you know, at the beginning of the, the zombie apocalypse and then you've... Uh, chucking mobs of people out looting who mm-hmm. are not afraid of who they're going to run over. Because no. yeah, they've got so. their Burberry hats on. So. <laughs> very true. There's a lot Bur- of Burberry, Burberry hats and Ugg boots. Yes, all the way, all the of course. <laughs> oh, no. Don't, you don't mix Burberry and Ugg. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible sartorial choice oh, you've made. Wow. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying I Crocs. Do Burberry hats and Crocs. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, North, North Face stuff which is really annoying because I wear North Face stuff for going walking and now I look like a yob. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> it's hip now. It's cool yeah. to wear mill face, apparently. Man. Oh, See, you yeah. are cool. <laughs> I'm down with the kids. Yep. So. Down with kids. That's what I. Think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, a great range that, uh, and it's just occurred to me as well. It'd be really awesome if you're doing something maybe alongside a lot of the stuff from Studio Miniatures because mm. they do very nice stuff like this that is kind of a little bit pulpy as well. So maybe mm. if you want to mix mix things around with that, and then as Jerry was saying, maybe try something with Seven TV. Yeah, very cool. Uh, as well but yeah uh, very good uh, for those people that want to sort of dive in and do stuff that crosses a whole range of different historical periods so if you want to do things from the napoleonic you've got that mm. if you want your world war ii you've got that and if you want to do something set in the here and now they've also catered for that as well um, nice. and uh yeah uh, they have been a little bit sort of quiet over the last couple of months but they are working on more stuff i think uh, yeah and, and looking ahead to i think it's a lot more world war ii bits and pieces mm. i think so um so keep an eye on them uh, yeah. let us know what you think and uh, yeah, maybe give it a go yeah and there's a whole host of stuff we never even got a chance to to look out there because okay. otherwise we would be here all day i yes. quite like the camera crew for example which yes. is an yeah. excellent little vignette diorama or like you say objective yeah um, as you a, can do an awful uh, lot with them as i said at the start as well um obviously when warren was uh full of glee when he saw those Falchimega tank riders the mm. Falchimega range is very very good and that's one of the more recent ones as well uh, but yeah very good uh, especially if you're looking at world war ii i think uh, yeah i'm very keen on some of those paratroopers <laughs> i shall say yeah. I'll keep a wee eye on the napoleonics I, I feel the urge for some napoleonic stuff in a small <laughs> small scale maybe. Yeah. yeah but time yeah. will tell anyway we're going to move on and when we come back we'll be taking a look at the news coming to you from the center of northwestern europe Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that sh you love. It's the News. <laughs> so we're back with the news, and there's a whole host of stuff to get through this week, Benjamino. Oh, yes. Oh, oh my God, what has been going on? Well, uh, Games Workshop had one of their previews over last weekend, which I'm sure is going to be very uh, enlightening to a lot of people, especially those who love greenskins and orcs. So Sundance is happy. Um, <laughs> so this was all focused around not just the release of some more stuff for Warhammer 40,000 and their general orc armies, but also a new edition of Kill Team as well. <laughs> so we've got a very, very cool cinematic trailer, uh, which you can see there. Um, maybe we'll just play this through as I go through the sort of like yeah. the standard information about this. So <laughs> uh, we're going to get an entirely new edition of Kill Team. Uh, which will have completely bespoke rules that are not based on the Warmer 40,000 rules at all. Um, it's going to have alternate activation in it. Ooh. What the hell? <laughs> uh, and the set is called Kill Team Octarius, and it is going to be uh, a face-off between the Death Corps of Krieg nice. and the Orc Commandos, as you can see here. Uh, so this was actually one of the animations that was done by one of the studios that he's working with them on their Warhammer, Warhammer animation <laughs> project. <laughs> or, like Whamamation. Uh, Whamamation. I was going to use that as the, as the phrase now. Um, so very, very cool indeed. Showed off the Orcs absolutely in loving themselves, mm. uh, yes. having fun in the, in, in the depths of some kind of hive city somewhere. Yeah. And the Death Corps looking suitably ominous in mm. their gas masks as well. Very, very cool indeed. Very cool. I did love that uh, at the very end of this, when you see the Orc Commando facing down an explosion, <laughs> he doesn't run away from it. He just looks at it and shouts. <laughs> and I thought, oh, great. Well done. <laughs> 
That's one way of doing it, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, so the new kit, well, the new Kill Team kit is going mm. to come with both of those uh, squads for you to play with, as mm-hmm. well as a whole host of Orc trainers you can see there. You get that battle map to play on, you get yep. dice, you get the new rulers and the measuring sticks and stuff, which are all very bespoke to the game, so you have to buy them. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you also get all the cards and stuff that you need to play as well. Um, it looks pretty cool. Apparently, it's more streamlined and easy to play, which... Sounds good. Well, there's been a lot of people talking about things on their blog recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it seems to be a lot more icon oriented, which will be very interesting. Um, right. So, yeah. But on top of uh, obviously the whole set as a whole, we actually got a look at some of these really awesome new miniatures. So we got yeah, the new yeah. Orc Commando Kill Team, as you can see there, mm-hmm. armed with all manner of different weapons. Um, there's even a little grot, Gretchen, not a grot, with uh, a <laughs> little um, sort of. Uh, Grappling, grappling gun hook, yeah. to nice. himself flinging up, up on top of things, which is very cool. Um, I quite liked, liked the guy leading the force. I think he looks very awesome with his little cap on and the power mm-hmm. claw. Oh, and yeah. You've got the guy with the massive battering ram for smashing down doors, which I thought was really cool. Uh, big red key, as the police would call it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've also got the the second set, which I think is really awesome because you've got the bomb squig, which is basically just loaded up with dynamite and all sorts of different things. Yes. That's where you go, like the fuse, send them on his way. Exactly. Yes. And then possibly my favourite is the little SAS commando orc. Com- oh, commando yeah. is nice. Yeah. yeah. With yeah. the little, the little uh, what do they the, call them? Yeah, beanie the, almost. Beanie yeah. hat, yeah. Yeah, yeah beanie hat. His little it's woolen cap. He's, cap, yeah. he's a bit more reserved than the others, isn't he? Exactly. Well, yeah. Over here, you've got the SBS or the Navy <laughs> SEAL or exactly. something. Exactly. Yeah. For, for all the underwater activities that the orcs yeah. get up to. Fill, fill a squig full of oxygen. You know, use that when you go underwater or something. Sure that, that would be a, that'd be a way to do it, yeah. yeah. Uh, you also had the new Death Corps of Krieg plastics as well. So obviously nice. these have existed previous to this in resin mm-hmm. uh, from Forge World. Um, so very expensive to build an army of them. Uh, but these have been done as veteran versions of the Death Corps of Krieg for use mm. in your armies. Um, so it's not your typical line infantry, although, of course, you could just use them as stand-ins for anything in the Astra Militarum Force, obviously. Uh, but looking very, very cool indeed mm-hmm. with their iconic gas masks, which give them that almost sort of weird alien look to them, which is pretty cool. Um, very nice indeed, and obviously mm. loads of them for you to pick from. It should be noted, um, and they talked about this when they were looking through the box set and stuff, is that these aren't like monopo? Well, they're not push fit models. Mm-hmm. These are a full multi part kit. So the bodies seem to be like the base of the miniature, mm-hmm. and then pretty much from that point on, arms, heads, accessories is entirely up to you. So nice. even though you will have a bunch of kneeling guys, yeah, what you do with that is then very different depending on sort of how you play around with the kit and stuff which yeah. i think is what people really really want for something which is more skirmish based like kill team yeah so, well um, let's face it people have been really really wanting them for i'm going to say about 20 years yes <laughs> which just goes to show that gw yeah, does true. listen to the community uh, wow. they, do, they do take yeah. a while to act on it but yeah. they heard your call for great coats and for death mm-hmm. core of Craig in plastic <laughs> and a mere two decades later there they are yeah delivered <laughs> absolutely uh, so that box set is going to be available in August, mm-hmm. uh, so not too far away. Yeah. Uh, in the not-too-distant future, we're also going to be seeing the addition of these uh, traditional orcs to your warbands as well. Nice. Uh, so the Beast Snag is again an upgrade, as well as your traditional orcs as well. So leading the way, we have Mozrog Scragbad, which is just the perfect orc name. Mm, uh, really riding is. around on the Great White Squig, <laughs> yes. as he's called. Um, now, Going to need a bigger bolter. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, very good. Uh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So that guy is a knob-sized orc, so mm. he's big. Yeah. That squig is also massive. It actually towers over other miniatures, mm. which is pretty cool. Cool thing about Scragbad there, he actually was uh, survived being eaten by a squigoth, and so that's why half of his body is entirely oh. mechanical, which is pretty awesome. That's yeah. dead cool. <laughs> Orcs are always the coolest. They really are. They're just some yeah. badass, aren't they? Whatever they do, you're just like, yes. <laughs> Fighting fungus. Yes. Um, so as well as the named character, we've also got a couple of additional ones. So you've got mm-hmm. the beast boss on the squigasaur. Awesome name for a new squig, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, looking very awesome. Just needs some little tiny piddly arms on the front of that. Like Wait, a little that. See where you've got this. The little bolt on. Bolt on, yeah. yeah. Just give them two tiny <laughs> yeah, mechanical yeah. arms. Yeah. Two little tiny. If you were going to put arms on him, though, you might as well give him proper ones. Oh no, good for T Rex. You've got to make him worthless. <laughs> yeah. My strong hand, child. Um, but as well as the, a version of him on the top of a squigasaur, we've also got the Beast Boss on foot, who's looking equally amazing. Oh, yeah. A new big leader for you to use when you put it together in your Beast Snagger forces. Uh, I like that you're actually getting to see inside like the power claw and stuff with this guy. Yes. So you've got like the sort of skull and metal. Version mm. of it there, which is pretty awesome, and then he's got a big, huge mechanical arm because obviously a lot of the beast snaggers sort of retrofit themselves with bionics and stuff, which is awesome. And then on the top, if you'll notice, mm. there's a little, little your man at the back, yeah, exactly. Because why does he need a ranged weapon when he can turn his squig into a gun? So yeah. his squig is now a targeting squig with a gun attached to it, which is makes sense, just perfect. So. The same as that, uh. <laughs> targeting missile using pigeons yes yeah you know, exactly yeah the little squig <laughs> points in that direction then it, you know yeah. things explode it's all good exactly. 100% behind that yeah. yes uh so the beast snaggers have been very much um inspired by uh like the snake bike clan and stuff from mm-hmm. from orc uh the orc background and stuff and so yeah. a lot of their vehicles are based around that kind of like mag maxian style speed freaky yeah. thing going on so you have the likes of the big hunter rig there which is pulled by that absolutely massive squig looking more like a rhinoceros mm. uh, looking very very cool indeed and then there's another version of that which is called the kill rig which actually has a psyker on the back of it so even more mad maxian uh you can you know replace his open hands with guitars and i think you'd be on point or maybe even some drumsticks for him to be drumming away on the top of that uh, yeah yeah he's skull. got a big skull yeah he needs a couple of copper staffs <laughs> maybe a couple of copper copper um Bang sticks, just yeah, something yeah. so he can earth himself every now and again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Although, why would why would orcs worry about earthing themselves? It's the power of Gork and Walk flowing through them. Then, I guess. Do you know, yeah. I was really, <laughs> really, yeah. I was really optimistic for a second that there wasn't skulls on this. Then I just looked a bit deeper, and there were. Everywhere. Oh, there's always oh, a yeah. skull. there's always skulls. Yeah, I was like, hold on, there's no skulls hanging off. <laughs> this is this game's workshop, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, skulls. Yeah. For those who are well, we're hoping to see um, actual finished orc boys, new mm. orc boys. We actually got a proper look at them as well. So it's <gasps> going to be a new kit of orc boys that will replace nice. the old one uh, for you to add into your 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 armies. Um, again, I would imagine these are going to be fairly similar in style to the way we've seen a lot of things go from Games Workshop, where it'll be a body and legs together, yeah. or most more than likely, and then you just switch the heads and arms around and stuff as well if you wanted to tinker with it. But Orc players have been kit bashing um, successfully for years and years and years, and I'm sure they'll do some fantastic stuff with them. Mm. Uh, it I has been said... what oh, size those bases are. Uh, they are bigger than... They are 32s. Yeah, they're 32 mils. That's uh, what they always have to go on now. Yeah. Uh, but Orcs have got ridiculously deadly in their new codex. Hmm. Uh, their guns now have what's called a DACA 
profile. Right. So from further away, they're worse. When they get up close, they're better because <laughs> their shots hit home more often. So pretty awesome. <laughs> a good sense. reason to yeah. actually take shooter boys rather than just <laughs> ditching them. Um, looking very awesome. Apparently, they scale quite nicely with the old orcs. I'm um, obviously the the pose of them will be very different because the old orcs have that almost more hunched over, yeah. uh, sort of ape-like look to them. I mean, they're not a million miles away from it with the head and the, the sort of Yeah, the head's center. obviously got yeah. a little bit more of a lower center of gravity, so yeah. that's pretty cool, but uh, very nice. Um, also, those people that um, were wondering where death copters were for the past however many years, they made some in Blackreach, and then, as they said on their live stream, Apparently the orcs forgot how to make them. Well, they're, they're back. <laughs> so they're going, to be making, yeah, they're going to be making a new uh, plastic kit of death copters for you to add it to your armies. So nice. if you want to take to the skies and shoot things down with rockets, you can do. Or as that guy on the left is doing, you can swoop down as low as you possibly can, uh, north by northwest style, mm. and uh, hit them with a, a chopper instead. If Makes you, you wonder why he's using yeah. a chopper when he's got exactly. three choppers up top. Just yeah. you know, yeah. really angle that forward. Yeah. Just go full blender. I also liked that one of the chop, uh, the copters uh, is uh, powered not by an engine at the back, by the rockets that send the uh, props around, which I think was really nice. Awesome. Yeah, this one here. <laughs> yeah. I really so, like how they've integrated to the base to the mini. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. like that because usually you get the see-through little stands. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't like them at all, but I really like how they've kind of made that a bit flawless. Yeah, Games Workshop have been doing a lot of really nice stuff recently with kind of like negative space and also... Mm-hmm crafting things so that they all work together as one piece mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, obviously it still doesn't make it any easier to transport the things but you know magnets i guess yeah yeah magnets man <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah um as well as that if you thought you managed to destroy that massive stomper no you didn't the orcs decided to take the head and turn it into a fortress no um, so as is the case with a lot of the one forty thousand armies of the moment uh, they get a big terrain piece that you can stick on the tabletop this is the big ed boss bonker Big Ed. You've got to say it in like a Cockney accent. Big Ed Boss Bunker. Big Ed Boss Bunker. (laughs) You've got this orc voice down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So you can do all our narration from now on. But yeah, lady with guns, as you'd imagine an orc um, uh, building to be. Very cool. All the shooters and even a string of of lights there. Yeah. Yeah. So they're getting ready for, you know, Christmas. Little party, fairy lights uh, up. So if you wanted to combine that big Ed Boss Bunker with the stuff from the Kill Team set with the terrain and things, which will all be available separately at some point, uh, then you you know have an entire table of Orcs, which is pretty cool. Um, last things, uh, well, last thing, but no, thing, no means least, bleh, uh, this weekend you'll be able to pre-order the Beast Snagger Orcs <laughs> army set. Nice. Lucky. If you're lucky. So yes, this will be available <laughs> in limited numbers. So we Very know what that means. Tonight. Yeah. Uh, get ready with your clicky finger on uh, on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is going to be the launch set for the Beast Snagger Orcs. Will come with uh, I think it's like twenty or so Orcs in the set. So two mm-hmm. big squads. You've got the special character. You've got the Beast Snagger boys on the back of their squig hogs as well. And and uh, you'll also get data cards. Uh, I think like stratagem cards and all kinds of things like that. You also get the Beast Snagger version of the Codex, so the thing you see there nice. on the left. Yeah. Um, that will obviously be available later as well. And as will everything in this set will be available. Obviously, this just means that you can get this stuff earlier than everyone else. Um, so if you are a real orc fiend, um, uh, if you're a fun guy, <laughs> orc fun guy hey. joke, uh, 
<laughs> they grow from mushrooms. Got to yep. get it in there. Um, I don't know when they still do, actually. That would be weird. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, who knows with, with Games Workshop Law. Yep. Um, but if you want to get this, this will be available this weekend. We have some on the store. So if you want to go and check them out at store.ontabletop, you mm-hmm. will be able to. Fingers that, crossed. So, yeah. <laughs> that that kill team, the Death Corps of Krieg, is going to be a massive one. Oh, yes. I, mm. I can't not see them come across into uh, 40K. Uh, they're going to be making, be, as I say, everything available yeah. later on down the line. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think Kill Team in particular, I think is going to be really, really fun. I, I'm enjoying the idea of playing like very small scale games at 40k, mm. but obviously 40k lends itself to playing at least a sort of more moderately sized game. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. playing with actual individual troops and that kind of thing, I think Kill Team much more well lends itself much more to that as it has always really, mm-hmm. uh, alongside things like Combat Patrol and stuff as well. So yeah, I, I'm eager to try it out. So that must be everything that GW could have talked about this week then. Surely. But wait, there's more. <laughs> so on the other side of things, in the Mortal Realms, uh, with Age of Sigma, we also got to see the new starter sets that they were doing. So Dominion was the launch set for Age of Sigma 3rd edition. Uh, these are the actual way that you'll be able to dive into the game. Try it out for yourself. Pardon me. Uh, Gork and Morka get into me. Um, or maybe Nurgle. Uh, but this uh, is uh, three new starter sets that have been designed for Age of Sigma 3rd edition mm-hmm. that come with both Stormcast Eternals and Auric Warclans in them. Uh, they are done at three different levels with three different price points, depending on who you, who wants to dive into it. So maybe if you've got kids or maybe you try it out with the family, get one of the smaller ones with the warrior step. Maybe you want to step things up a little bit more, get the Harbinger one. And then there's the Extremis one as well, which is a nice. big way for you to dive in with some really awesome pieces of terrain. Um, each of the sets has been designed very much like they've done them in the past for Warhammer 40,000 Ninth Edition and also mm-hmm. for the last edition of um, Age of Sigma with Soul Wars, mm-hmm. where you get... The box that also turns itself into a little bit of a piece of terrain. You get the push fit kits for both sides. You also get them measuring rulers, dice, uh, war scrolls, not data sheets because it's not 4 okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, And then you also get the rules in a little tiny um, A5 format and then also some sort of tips for getting stuck into the game as well, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got, as you can see there, you've got the warrior starter set, which is probably the one that I'm going to just sort of like test the waters of third edition with, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, pick it up, paint up some of the characters in a sort of like a grim dark style, I think would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I say, very good if you're getting sort of younger games into it because it's not too expensive. Uh, then as things level up, uh, you add uh, new units, and new characters in with the Harbinger set, which just comes with more models in it, basically, uh, for you to dive into as well, which is pretty neat. And then the final one is the Extremist set, which comes with the same miniature components as the harbinger set but they've also replaced obviously the box lid terrain with that plastic terrain as you can see there which is sort of formed around the idea of the crusading armies of sigmar heading out into the mortal realms to sort of re-establish its uh civilization reminds me of a an emperor i once knew um but uh, yeah very cool so if you're looking to dive into warhammer age of sigma then you've got some new options to do so and then if you're painting all of this they've also put together some paint sets as well so these are all going to be available as i say in the next couple of weeks or so Uh, they are very busy with orcs i think at the moment but it shouldn't be too long till these hit the the tabletop Uh, but you've got the sort of paint and toolkit which comes with everything you'd need to paint auric war plans and uh, stormcast eternals as well as a handy dandy file a clipper for cutting things off sprues. Don't twist them off, as I used to do when I started, mm-hmm. and then be like, why are there extra bits? Um, and there's also a paintbrush in there as well. <laughs> uh, interestingly, as people have pointed out, no contrast paints in the set. Mm. Uh, so, oh, that's a good point. Uh, going for a slightly more of a um, kind of like traditional painting scheme 
uh, that they're probably going for with these, which is pretty cool. But, you know, base layers and washes is all you really need if you're going to make a uh, army ready, uh, a tabletop ready army. So, yeah, very cool. I think it makes sense. If you introduce people yeah. with contrasts before they get used to using regular paints. Yeah. And then they grab a regular paint at some point down the line. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it's much. an easier to step yeah. from, from traditional painting methods into contrast and vice versa. I think so, yeah. Uh, you've then also then got two sets which are dedicated to both forces. So you've got the, uh, the Stormcast Eternals paint set, which comes with everything for them. Yeah. And then you also get the basing paints as well, which is pretty cool. I am a big fan of Sterling Mud. Very good. <laughs> uh, gritty paint. <laughs> Uh, and then you also have uh, the Gut Rippers set as well for the Auric Warclans, which again comes with complementary paints for them. Um, so yeah, if you're diving into Age of Sigma for the first time, uh, then these are pretty good options for those people yeah. who want to get started. Maybe pick up that Warrior set and maybe the paint set as well, uh, with the tools and stuff in it as well. You've got pretty much everything you need to get started. A lot of people complain about Games Workshop stuff, but you've got to say they've managed to get kind of like a very holistic approach to They're the hobby, as I like to say. Um, so. As expensive as it is, <laughs> there are very, very uh, good entry paths into Games Workshop yeah. and getting stuck into it. So, yeah. But last, no whippy sticks anymore. Just little. No whippy sticks. You don't get to hit your friends with whippy sticks. Anymore. Clear plastic <laughs> rulers instead. That's not, exactly. not half as much yeah. fun. Although, run those between someone's fingers. Oh, some paper, oh, paper, paper cuts. Vicious, yeah. 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 vicious stuff. No. Don't need to poke out eyes. That's what glasses were good for. They can poke out your eyes with sticks. There you nope. go. Nope. So. Sure thing. <laughs> So that, then, that didn't happen at my local games workshop. Say nothing that casual. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants a uh, some sort of lawsuit twenty years exactly. after the fact. Yeah, you know, sure. Leave and all I... that in the past. <laughs> yes. Right. Free. What's been happening? War Cradle Studios have released a really exciting trailer. So they've outlined mm. the next massive product that's coming to Dystopian Wars. And this trailer is just beyond blowing my mind. So they've just released, looking closely at the newest detailed mammoth unit that's just making its way onto the seas. And it may be familiar to people who've seen them before. So the Ice Maiden is coming to Dystopian Wars and it's cool. coming in a battle fleet set as well. So it's the biggest box that's been released since the Hunt for Prometheus, the two-player starter set, right, yeah. which was out at the beginning of the year. Um, and this release, uh, which is incoming in August, will have a whole Imperium fleet. Um, for players to grow and collect and obviously if you want to enhance your Imperium faction further you can but if you're just a kind of collector that wants to dip in or want a chance to get started here here's a really good place to get started so they've made some tweaks and transformed the Ice Maiden um, so you've got now the option to build your Ice Maiden in different forms so whether you want the Ice Maiden itself the SMS is cut up there's words that are in a particular way that I am going to try and not butcher. I'm going to give it a go. I want to say S. County Schunheit and SMS Princessian cool. Wilhelmina. I think I gave it a go. Um, but the new, they've got new customizable features. So you can customize your turrets and the aircraft doors and have been added nice. to the refined models. So you can look at the other Imperium and use the plastics in those sets to upgrade your turrets and use and switch change so that is really really cool so they've got the reinforcements coming around so deploying not just with one unit in the box as i said you've got the entire battle fleet so you've got the ice maiden you've got cruisers you've got frigates you've got destroyers all within the one box and they're all customization customizationable customizable would help um, <laughs> Um, and you can literally customize the weapon exactly the way you want it so as well Very as that cool. as well 
um, as well as it's going to be a big month realistically mm. for War Cradle in August because not only they announced the Ice Maiden set but they've got their first ever terrain set for Stoker Wars. Ah, okay. Got the Islands and Archipelagos set um, which is coming off in uh, August as Archipelago, well. Yeah. Archipelagos, <laughs> Archipelagos, Archipelagos, you know, the Archie set guys, the Archie set. Um, <laughs> we have, I just, yeah, um, but it's, it, you can the thing is with dystopian wars is there's not I, I find personally there's not much naval terrain out there as well mm. especially and it just enhances your experience it will take it just that bit further than just having just your play mat on the table and you can customize the islands as well by adding your turrets with your kind of magnetization mm-hmm. um and weaponry and they'll be all available in a set so come I, will, I will also point out that that picture is very good at showing how big the ice maiden yes. actually is <laughs> like that is a outcrop of rocks in the sea on an island. It's incredible. And then that is the Ice Maiden. <laughs> so it is massive. Uh, I can't. I cannot believe how big. And like you said, next to the islands, like you can really yeah. see just how huge this is. Well, there's there's an ideal way of showing things. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Because those uh, are the Imperium uh, battleships, and mm-hmm. they're about I want to say eleven centimeters long from yep. prow to stern. Mm-hmm. And she looks to be twice the size. Quite the least. unit. Yeah. Very much so. Yes. Very much so. It's but, also nice that the Ice Maiden's on the way because there is a formation for her in Dystopian Wars already. Mm-hmm. So you can... And uh, bats, yeah. Yeah. So you can yes. you can run out an, an Orbat with uh, the Ice Maiden and um, I think you just need one battleship and, and mm-hmm. away you go. Yeah. And after that, it's have fun because none of your opponents will <laughs> no. when that thing is coming towards you. No. <laughs> Do I need to steer or I just crash through? No. You? <laughs> no. What, no. Could, what could be wrong with putting an aircraft carrier on an iceberg and then exactly. ramming the iceberg into people? No, exactly. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing's wrong with that at all. It's a very good tactical unit, I'm telling you. Yeah. No, but it's very exciting. August is going to be a huge pump for World Proto Studios as well because you've got obviously those two things which are very new and very exciting coming out. And it's just a great place for people to get started in dystopian wars, especially if oh, yeah. you if you're interested in the Imperium, the Imperium's got a really interesting aesthetic as well. I really like the look of Imperium um fleet. So if you're interested in the beer and you want somewhere to start and you don't really want to start with a two-player starter set, he's mm. a really good place to start for sure. Yeah, I, I like that these ships have got that kind of more classic sort of World War One, World War Two Dreadnought look and mm. then you can see all the extra gubbins and stuff added onto it. Yep. So it's kind of got that familiar feel but with something a little bit extra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, all of these, the whole point of the Imperium is that they're incredibly modular ships. So all of these turrets are on railway tracks and then if they don't need that particular configuration, they roll the bridge, roll the guns off, roll bigger guns on, mm-hmm. or, roll little, or little choo-choo trains, <laughs> Lloyd, um, which give you uh, logistical bonuses in game as well. So you can cool. change it. Uh, so you, when you're rolling your victory in Valor, or when you're rolling, when you're dealing your victory in Valor cards, you can like look at the top one and decide to discard it because you've got the logistics um, on, on nice. that. You can see there the turrets on their little tiny tracks rolling out the front, Mm -hmm. although some massive, massive guns better (laughs) than these four tinier massive guns. One of the first ones, one of the first Ice Maidens didn't have that section as well, Mm. so it's quite interesting to see like how that have adapted and that you can actually adapt that unit to exactly how you want it, what guns you want to do. And I love the fact that it's got three different builds on it. Hmm. Um, It's certainly going to knock you out with one type of build, let alone three different (laughs) 
I will kill you a, a million different ways. <laughs> and if, if people are interested in h- how a piece of ice will be fighting in dystopian wars, go and Google Pycrete and discover that this was actually something that the British Navy uh, thought would be a good idea. There you go. So, yeah, it doesn't matter if you seal it into uh, warmer waters, it will keep on going. So it's always good. <laughs> Always good to be able to crash an iceberg into a ship. And if, you're, <laughs> if your ship is an iceberg, then you don't have to worry about vice versa happening to you. Yeah. No. Yeah. Or you could recreate the Titanic, whatever way you want to go. Yeah. <laughs> Amy at Leonardo, is he on a Constitution <laughs> class fleet somewhere? <laughs> uh, there was don't space. Let go. There was always <laughs> space. <laughs> there was. <laughs> shocking, shocking altogether. Anyway, uh, so moving things on, uh, we also have some new stuff from the folks at uh, Battlefront Miniatures for <laughs> uh, Flames of War. They have partnered up with Vallejo to create a selection of new paint sets for you to paint up not just your World War II armies, but also your World War III armies as well. Um, they start off with the utility paint set, which covers the basics for all the different factions that you'd need to play for both Flames of War and uh, World War III Team Yankee, which is pretty awesome. Nice. Uh, obviously, comes with the Vallejo paint range as well in it, obviously, hmm. so that's a big name within mm. the industry. So if you do like your quality paints, they do a pretty good range. Um, and then they have also mixed things up with individual sets that are dedicated towards both armour and infantry for a lot of the different factions so currently they have germans americans british and soviets for world war ii with a few sort of additional ones in there for the germans because they like to play around with patterns we'll say uh, and <laughs> they, they are fond of camouflage yes, they are fond of it, yes. <laughs> i mean uh, ironically they are the colors to be camouflaged they are the colors well, of okay, nature i would genuinely use these to paint kind of landscapes and and you know well yeah ironically they are for tanks and but you've got your greens and your browns and exactly. kind of natural colors i, I, I shall wait the comments below that dark yellow is not the correct color for primer and they should be probably aiming more for the yellow ochre <laughs> or the or the green ochre no because that will be in the comments below because i know the historical painters <laughs> yeah, yeah it's and, lovely to see these coming yeah and so on the uh, Team Yankee side of things as well, we've also got some stuff for World War Three. Uh, so you've got sets for the Americans, the British, and the Soviets. So if you want mm-hmm. to paint up your badass heavy armour with all that additional technology and stuff, yep. then you can do that as well. Um, as I say, all taken from the Vallejo range. So if you then ended up wanting to get additional ones to sort of suit all these, just go back and look at the Vallejo range in, mm. in, t- in its in totality and, uh, and pick some stuff up for yourself. So yeah. Very, very handy, especially the uh, Colors of War book that was released Mm -hmm. is back to using the Vallejo colors. I know a few years ago they swapped them out um, and started using, I don't know if it was still Vallejo paint, but they started naming them Games Workshoppy. It was like Eighth Armor Sweat Mm. and, you know, Stalingrad Dust and stuff. Russian boot. (laughs) Which was interesting, interesting for painting what they wanted you to paint, but when Uh, you're attempting to color match and do things like that, it was, it was aggravating. To say the least, I like to be able to go khaki, it's khaki. Sweet, yeah, yeah. Simple. Move on, you know. I, I have been told they don't come in bullet bottles anymore. No, they're, they're so. back to the standard Vallejo bottles, yeah. which is uh, uh, an 18 mil dropper bottle. Oh, wow. So very handy. Yeah. <laughs> Although not as nice looking. But there you, <laughs> you can't have everything. Keep exactly. your old bullet bottles into Kent. That True. is the key. <laughs> so free, what's up next? 
there is an incredibly popular board game. I think if you have played, have you played Machi Koro, either of you? I have played Machi Koro. I have. I think a lot of people have played Machi Koro and there is a Machi Koro 2 coming out. So this autumn, it's going to be being told an extra layer of gameplay being added. So it's ready to be pre-ordered now. So if you haven't played the first Machi Koro, what I kind of what I enjoyed it was is you're kind of like a, a mayor of a town and you want to grow this town so you're going to grow the shops the restaurants the attractions you've got to roll the dice take location cards and grow realistically um, and whoever completes the renovations fast is your winner and they have complete the town in place and you will survive but according to the release in place plus release a press release um, by Pandasaurus who's out this is going to take the current and popular rule set which already exists and it is planning to deepen the gameplay so um you're going to be adding more rounds um more use to spend the coins there's more unique effects and more places that you can tap into and more places that you can add to your town Mm. so it is available to pre-order now if you do pre-order it with pandasaurus as well you get um some really interesting cards um which you won't get when it does go to retail such as a town hall but nice. um, and as well, you just get extra Latin marks that you can add to the card. But by the sounds of it, it's sped up. It's a lot more streamlined than the first edition. Um, so if you did want to take an extra look, there is. I was just about to say, I was literally just about to say there is a rule book um, <laughs> on the Pandasaurus website. So um, if you did want to have a look at the changes and the tweaks that have happened, if you did enjoy the first one, I'd definitely take a look at the rules to see where it changes mm-hmm. and where it differs. But their word being deepen, it deepens the gameplay. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what has changed when it's out on the tabletop. Yeah. I, I'd be, I've played the original. I've played some of the expansions that came with Magic mm-hmm. Color 1 as well. So it'd be yeah. really interesting to see whether or not they bring in stuff from like the Harbour expansion and stuff into the main game and things. Yeah, That'd be pretty yeah. cool. Um, but as a kind of like really nice little entry level sort of set collection style game, it's very good. And I think the 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 speed of the game is one of its best qualities, I think. It is. Those games that everyone can pick up and get stuck into really, really quickly. Sure, yeah. uh, and I like that it's got a, like that kind of leveling mechanic, leveling mechanic between the different players because you roll the dice and that decides what you can pick from and that kind of thing and where you get certain benefits and stuff from cards. Yep. So even if you're really, really good at it, you are still slightly at the whim of the dice, even though there's yes. plenty of mitigation in there. So it's good for like a new player and a veteran to be sitting there sure. and playing it. So, yeah. yep. is, it, is there a cap on players? Is it uh, oh, I can't remember. Uh, four? I could be wrong. I'm sure it was four. Um, yeah, there is a cap on players. Yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah. Really, really cool game. Really, as you said, it's a nice entry level game. It is very, very nice entry level game. So if you are keen yeah. on any, I, I, I hope for the sake of the game that it is a little bit different to the first edition because I, I, I do personally worry that it's just kind of reskinning, modernising mm. what you already mm. had, which you do see a lot of new editions nowadays do this with board games. But mm. um, I really hope there is a lot more grit and uh, it adds more to the already mm. good quality well, game than it was. Seven Wonders did something similar. They came out with a new edition of Seven Wonders, I think it was last year, mm-hmm. and they redid all the expansions and stuff, which then now makes me and my friends, we're like, well, should we just buy all of the new edition? We have all the first yeah. edition. That was quite nice. But this one's got new art, and they tweaked, they tweaked three cards in a set of five billion. Uh, so, but yeah. So <laughs> where they get more and more. Yeah. Yes. But least, you know, if people haven't um, come across the... Yeah. Magikoro on its first release now is probably a good time to grab Magikoro 2 without worrying that you haven't seen the original. Exactly. It's always an issue with sequels. Uh, So from uh, building a town in Japan to the moon. The moon? Yes. 
Moon. So Black Sight Studio are working on a new skirmish game that's going to be coming out at the end of July. So this is a, another one of their 32 millimeter games. We've seen, uh, we've talked in the past about Don't Look Back, which is their really awesome sort of like horror themed mm-hmm. uh, tabletop game. And they've done some, they're doing some really nice stuff with like sci-fi and cyberpunk and things. But Luna is their take on what would have happened in a kind of what if scenario if more than just the US had managed to land on the moon and, you know, make a big mm. name for themselves. And stuff. So now both the US and the Soviets have set up bases on the moon and now all out war or very (laughs) slow gravity based war is happening. Um, So in this game, you will play as both the US and the Soviets in the initial set with your team of astronauts who've been sent up to defend facilities and you'll be fighting it out in close combat, a little bit of range and of course, anti-gravity or low gravity anyway, uh, flying around trying to protect each other. This core set, as I say, is going to be out at the end of July, but they're going to be doing additional expansions which will include the Chinese who are heading up to the moon as well which is very cool <laughs> and they're also going to be doing more moon terrain and some additional scenarios and stuff as well uh, so if you want to add your Chinese moon men or maybe your Soviet or US moon men all the moon men all the moon men I just think if I were to move I'd just have to do about 10 backflips before I land it again just to feel the moon <laughs> all I can think of is the, the very very slow fights on the moon and like, uh, Superman. Uh, <laughs> things that should be moving very quickly. And it's just it, it, almost Austin Powers like. Oh, yeah. It is a, an unusual setting. A novel concept cool. for a game as well. Yeah. I, I love the figures. They're, yes, they're, they're absolutely great. excellent. He appears to have a net grappling or a net on. Because that's Hitting the last thing. Yeah. Well, I wasn't thinking. I was thinking net them and then swing them round and round above your and head like Superman and, oh and fling gosh, them into yeah. the sun. Yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah. I'd be amazing on the moon. Then you can add in the additional <laughs> expansion where there are transformers just over the ridge and they come and get you afterwards. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dark well, well, the worst part is when you go around there, they find a big Nazi moon base. That's true. Ah, uh, yeah, of well. course. Yeah. Of course, that's iron, on the moon. Yeah. Full iron sky. Oh, they won't see that coming, the Russians and Americans, huh? Mm-hmm. With their lunar rovers and all sorts of nonsense. Yeah. No. Um, so, uh, as I say, this is going to be out um, uh, sort of the end of July. Uh, now, it is slightly hard to get hold of a lot of this stuff from Black Sites years without a, a, seat, a, a reasonable amount of expense uh, because obviously shipping it all around the world and that kind of thing from, from down under. But I will say that uh, they have been working with Spectre recently to make mm-hmm. it so that Don't Look Back will be uh, um, shipped out from a, a warehouse in Nottingham, which is pretty awesome. Beautiful. So if you're looking to dive into that horror game, then that's a pretty awesome thing. This does mean that hopefully we'll see some extra stuff coming through from Black Sight mm-hmm. up into uh, the UK. So there'll be a lot less of an issue with shipping and that kind of thing as well, which is pretty cool. Um, and then obviously Black Sight worked on some stuff for uh, Spectre as well, doing their really awesome terrain for their start set and things that we looked at a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, nice little partnership developing there, which is pretty cool. It's, so, it's absolutely fantastic to see because there's a lot of sensational companies mm-hmm. in the antipodes and people rant and rave that they would love to buy it but it's too expensive to ship mm. uh, and if, if we can get a few more sort of combos like that where uh, mm-hmm. they have a base in the uk or europe mm-hmm. uh, just to sort of lighten the load on that it would help both so. it would help the gamers and also help the company sort of spread their game a bit more yeah. as well so yeah. especially when you're seeing weird and wacky i mean who would have thought a horror slasher game on the tabletop exactly. or a, yeah. a moon battle game in the 80s you know why not no yeah. of course that. so it's yeah. it's great stuff yeah we have one more piece of news then we do i have come to bargain 
because Atomic Mass Games are bringing uh, Mystics and the Might of Dormammu to Marvel Crisis Protocol very, very soon. Uh, So in Q3 of this year, you're going to be able to play around with a whole host of new characters and expansions for Marvel Crisis Protocol. If you've been missing out on all of the mystical arts from Doctor Strange, because you had that one figure, but you wanted more, Mm. then there are major new models coming out for all of this. So you're going to get Doctor Strange, Clear, Mordo, the Ancient One, and that's where my knowledge stops. Then (laughs) Doctor Voodoo and Hood are also getting added into the Mm. mix, which is pretty awesome. And as you've noticed in the trailer there as well, the astronomically huge Dormammu. Now, Thanos was big. Mm. Dormammu is rightly pretty freaking epic in this <laughs> and obviously towers over the the tabletop when you're playing with him which is pretty awesome but i really like all of the other miniatures that we got for this as well i think the new version of doctor strange looks amazing it's really yeah, awesome it's to see clear in there too you've got mordo doing that thing where he's dancing over the little sort of like shining um sort of circles of energy and stuff which is really cool you've got the ancient ones standing there with fan at the ready as well and then you've got dr voodoo who jerry was telling me about earlier who looks very cool too so yeah they have really plumbed the depths of the mystics of marvel in order to bring us yes. a rather awesome collection of characters to use in the tabletop well and amongst there so the ancient one was the sorcerer supreme yeah. Mm-hmm. strange was the sorcerer supreme mm-hmm. clear becomes the sorcerer supreme of the dark dimension <laughs> and uh voodoo becomes the Sorcerer Supreme later on as well. Cool. So nice. that's a whole host of Sorcerer Supreme. That's a lot of Supreme, that. that. If you that's like magic, all the they have you sorted. Yeah. <laughs> um, you could even say it's quite a Supreme release, this one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, very good. Nice. I like how they've done Weirdly, I really like that. Now, I know that bit's been Photoshopped where they've put the, um, the, black, in the, the black in the background, but I can't help but think, do that. That would be a just, really cool yeah. Just do, do you a little know what would be good? Honky a bit at the back. The black uh, material we spoke out about on XLBS. Yes. No, the, the Mushu. Was it Mushu? Oh, black. Mushu. The, oh. It, it's blacker than Vanta. Oh, wow. Okay. But not yeah. as black as black 3.0. I don't know. There's too many blacks these days. <laughs> uh, but as well as the different sets, as you can see there, which will kind of go in that sort of uh, similar re- release state as you've seen previously so you get two miniatures in a box which is pretty awesome then you get three in one case as well uh but then you've also got the terrain set as well which gives you the sanctum sanctorum so if you wanted to add to your new york city in even more style you do have that option as well i really love that it's gorgeous the miniatures are really nice and they're starting to get away from the super fiddly bits that mm. uh, upset my happiness at the start where where they were going <laughs> yes. we can we can make the hand in three parts and you're going why would you make the hand in three parts we we'll, we'll do this we For can do reason? this too yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um i think it was because they were a new company and, and not used to the easiest way to build things but mm. the terrain the things like having the sanctum sanctorum having coffee houses and uh garbage cans and and yeah. trucks that you can hurl things around because the terrain is as important a it's part a very interactive game yeah and yeah so because you're either picking things up and throwing it at people's heads or you're throwing people <laughs> into the tree and either mm-hmm. way terrain is needed to be exploded in uh, new and exciting ways um and it's nice to see that uh, they're taking the the sorcery side of marvel's uh, sort of expanded universe and going with that as well yeah. uh, they're still sort of dipping into that not quite 
the cinematic universe, but taking a lot of yeah. cues from it. So Mordo is much more like the cinematic Mordo than, as is, than, uh, than the ancient the, one as well. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, than yeah. The, the old Transylvanian Baron Mordo, which is <laughs> a shame because you know it means you could do your Transylvanian voice. I am really looking forward to what comes after this because we've seen them obviously doing Yay! Moon Knight and Blade mm-hmm. with the cinematic universe. We're obviously getting the Eternals, pretty awesome yes. characters to include if you wanted mm. to. Then you've got Shang-Chi. And that obviously means looking towards um, the Mandarin and stuff like that as well, because they're sort of reworking how that works and stuff, which would be pretty Mm. awesome too. And then loads of other stuff coming up in the MCU, which will no doubt inspire what they do with this. Because obviously we saw that sort of new version of Falcon as as Captain America and stuff that came out, which was pretty cool. Um, So, yeah. 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 I would, there's one thing I would like to see, and I don't know if they'll do it because the current sort of idea is the big named heroes Mm-hmm. fighting but if you think about it you've got things like ultron with many many ultron bots that he would yeah, throw people. yeah with blade coming there was always like hordes of vampires you've got voodoo now um who's constantly having to deal with like aim controlled zombie legions mm-hmm. i would like to see uh, some sort of villains that have just generic minions. chaff minions yeah. See, I, I would change really cool. up how the game plays as well because like, if, when you're dealing yeah. a one-on-one with a, a hero that's your equivalent that's one thing when you're dealing with a hero that's your equivalent and because they're evil they've brought a load of friends mm. to chuck at you like chaff that yeah. can change things massively like i think it'd be really awesome to see them do that and then put in a mode that is co-op I think as well, where you have, because they've obviously done it where you can have one versus many, where you had Thanos and then lots of people ganging up against Mm. it. Have it so that you have a game controlled version of, say, for example, Dr. Doom, and then a bunch of Doom bots and stuff running towards you trying to take you on. Maybe then you can have people added into the game that are a little less super powered. Hmm. So you add things like Maria Hill in with some sort of like shield agents and stuff as well. Yeah. I mean, they did um, they did quite a lot of Inhumans not long back, and they did. I know yeah. that they did a few X Men, but there's so many untouched X Men out there that oh, yeah. I haven't been dipped yeah. into. I'd like. Oh, to... they're, they're certainly not lacking for source material. No, no they are not. No, they've they've, yeah. they've got years and years to go. But the, mm. the fact that they aren't just going here are the big names, and yes. then we get nothing but a year of X Men releases, which I know some people go, <laughs> oh, "Why are we not no. getting a year of X Men releases?" But yeah. going, <laughs> dropping in your Ghost Riders or dropping yeah. in your uh, Doctor Voodoo or um, yeah, brother, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he was called Brother Voodoo. I wonder if he's changed his name. I've not read him in years. Anyway, <laughs> but having these ones that are coming from more the fringes, or maybe ones that a lot of Marvel fans will know, but people who aren't mad into the comics will mm-hmm. go, "Oh, that's intriguing. Well, that's different. Or I didn't expect yeah. to see that type of character." On the mm. tabletop, I think it kind of has a, a similar effect to what we were talking about earlier with offensive miniatures, mm. where like you see something you've never seen before in history, and you go and research that theatre of war yeah. in those countries. Explore. Same thing with something like this. You see things from you know Marvel comics or you know Star Wars because obviously Atomic Mass Games do some sure. stuff, cool stuff for that as well. And you mm-hmm. go, oh, I haven't seen that show yet. I'll go and watch that, or I'll go and look up at the wiki of what that alien is or what that character is from Marvel and how yeah. they mix in with my favourite characters and stuff. And so yeah, very cool. Excellent stuff. Well, that wraps us up for the news for another week. (laughs) Ben can now get his breath back and we're going to take a swish. When we come back, we'll be having a look at 3D printing because they they tell me it's the shiz. Lloyd.
So it's been a little while since we've really had a deep dive into some 3D printing, but Ben, you've hooked out a couple of doozies for us. Oh, oh yes. A pair of paragons. <clears throat> Who so, are we looking at? We start off with Daybreak miniatures. Uh, so they have a Petron, but they also have a My Mini Factory, as a lot of these will do, as both these do, in fact, that we're seeing here. But we'll have a look at them first. So uh, they have been doing a very awesome um, business in putting together really cool fantasy heroes, villains, and characters that you could use in your war games, in your skirmish games, nice. maybe as role-play heroes and that kind of thing as well. Um, there is a real kind of, uh, like, sort of slant, I guess you'd say, towards creating uh, slightly more comic booky, over-the-top, epic-looking heroes mm. yeah. rather than your sort of, like, standard sort of, like, Elmore-style heroes, for example, if you were thinking about traditional D&D. Some of the newest ones, as you're seeing here, are these like very cool, almost like dragonborn looking characters mm -hmm. that kind of play around with the idea of reptilians and do it sort of like in a little bit more of that draconic salamander look, which I think is yeah. really cool. Um, I love the idea that they've got that kind of idea of the stoneborn thing as well. Mm. So it's kind of building on almost kind of like a like a, a dwarven aesthetic in terms of how you've got a lot more of those sort of geometric shapes on the miniatures, yeah. which I think is really cool. But yes. then obviously tying that into the reptilian draconic thing as well, which I think is really awesome. Very and cool. And just the detail in the skin from mm. the renders and stuff is, oh, chef's kiss. Lovely. Very, very cool <laughs> indeed. Um, but yeah, they don't just do the sort of reptilian draconic stuff mm. as well. They also do, uh, and this is where the kind of like epic fantasy stuff sort of falls into to place. <laughs> they do kind of very... Warcraft-esque heroes as yes. well. Uh, so there are lots of orcs, big hulking sort of Minotaur Tauren-style creatures, elves, humans, uh, dwarves as well in the mix too, that all could be used to kind of either lead your armies into battle or perhaps uh, use as characters, as I was saying, in your role-playing games. Nice. We also do these very, very nice busts, as, uh, as Jerry's just checking out here, which is nice, especially if you're uh, more into the painting side mm. of things than you are yeah. the sort of gaming side, which I think is really cool. Um, cool. But yeah, um, a lot of these, especially the ones you're seeing here, I think would be really nice if you're putting together a little bit more of like a chaosy force on the tabletop, oh, as wow. demonstrated by the stretched face. Oh, that's what I said. Wow, over. Yeah, it was. That's cool. So, well, if, if you, you want to get into your snarling badger, um, what's it? Uh, Rain of hell. Oh yeah, Rain of hell. Yeah. These would be great for that. Yeah, the beasts of hell, very much so. Um, I particularly like these because if you've been looking at the Games Workshop beast oh, game for a while and been very saddened by the quality of the sculpts Ooh, that are now started. very, very old. Play around with okay. these and set these in. I mean, you know, that's a big portal in the center of hell that these big, massive beastmen control, perhaps, you know, very cool. So, yeah. Sweet. Gorgeous. Yeah. Beat people to death with a big bit of stone. Um, <laughs> you've also got these, which are very cool. You've got the elves <gasps> in there as well. So, oh, look at that elk. That was start, a nice looking elk. Yeah. Kind of mixing together sort of the aesthetic and the sort of longer ears of sort of like blood elves from World of Warcraft. Big eyebrows. Yeah. The big eyebrows as well, those big fancy eyebrows. Everyone loves those. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and then you've got sort of like a then kind of like mixing in sort of, uh, sort of the feel of like Lothlorien and Rivendell mm -hmm. in there Classic too. Classic elves, from, yeah. Yeah, some, some Lord of the Rings as well. So a very nice set if you want to try and play around with sort of um, uh, sort of over-the-top epic fantasy very elves. Very Zelda-like. Yes, as well, actually. Uh, uh, yeah. She, she yeah. looks like a horrendous banshee lady who I know and despise and should be taken out and clapped to death. <laughs> I know her. 
<laughs> well, Somebody spent work. many hours in, in WoW, yes. Uh, <laughs> Might have done. <laughs> but I, I do quite like that what, what we're seeing with a lot of this stuff that, that they've done is it's not just hero miniatures. Hmm. It's also things like mounted figures and then mm. a few bits and pieces in there as well for terrain as well. So if you're trying to go for that overall aesthetic for something, yeah. maybe as a skirmish force or maybe to sort of build on a D&D world, for example, mm. uh, you have the, the sort of the leeway to do that with their mm. collection, which is nice. It's cool. Uh, yeah. They are stunning. They are beautiful. They are and they do have a very Warcrafty. They are Warcrafty, feel. for sure. Mm. I mean, you know, you're not a million miles away from Varen Rin at that point. Yeah. Have to have a look at the orcs since we're here. Oh, um, while, while we're here. Yeah. While we're here. Why They're would you not? Beautiful, though. Definitely yeah. orcs that you don't paint, you don't necessarily paint in green. No. <laughs> no. Even in that kind of almost sort of like ochre skin color to yeah ochres and flesh tones and yeah. tints of green here and there and then you put them on the floor and you hit them with a hammer <laughs> i mean i'm just looking at the individual detail on them the details on the fingers the fingernails the yeah. just the knees even the scarring on the legs warlock scum a lot yeah. you can tell where jerry's allegiance lies when it comes to alliance versus yeah. sword then so. <laughs> <laughs> really really i thought i'd kept that very you know under wraps how could you hate thrall thrall's amazing man <laughs> but they are orc. menacing again they're scary mm. looking scary yeah. looking guys they're great it is one of the things I and mean, we talked about it obviously with warren on one of the xlbs mm. not too long ago where it's like talking about orcs trying to make them look like they could actually kick your ass oh yeah and i think these orcs in particular very much go down that route mm-hmm. uh, where they would beat you up or tear you in half or something at the yeah. same time and with yeah. the amount of detail on them Scaling them up to ogre size. Oh yeah, would yeah, you're right. Make a stunning ogre army. Oh, you're right. Those are kings of war. My mm. God, mm. oh, that'd be good. Not him though. Never him. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> Not to be you, fair, fellow. Uh, as much as I like orcs and the horde, he is a bit of a dick. So, really, really is. You're uh, not invited. And we couldn't come all this way without taking a look at uh, some dwarves. Then oh, we yeah. have to. Yeah. Oh, oh they're wow, lovely, aren't they? Gorgeous. Yeah. As I always say when it comes to dwarves, if you make the beards look good, then you're 90% of the way there. Mm. Because yeah. beards make up 90% of the model. They do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you get the beards looking right, they're good. And as you can see, I mean, that is a phenomenal print as well. Yeah. Uh, it's now, obviously, that might not necessarily be the way it turns out for everyone, but with a little bit of practice, that's the kind of thing that you can achieve, which I think is really, really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, stunning work. As you say, free. I love all the kind of like the weathering and the sort of like uh, the character that's built into the armor and yes. the skin and that kind of thing. So you've got like all the chips on the hammers where they've been beating people to mm-hmm. death and that kind of thing and smashing things against armor. Oh, lovely miniatures. Their indeed. poses are all so different as well. Each character yeah. is really individually mm-hmm. unique. Yeah. I really, I, I immediately like all of these because they would be perfect as like dwarven paladins, fighters, or clerics in D and D or something. Yeah, which is very cool. Yeah. Watch Ben get a three D printer now, just based on. <laughs> well, I was watching a video about how inexpensive the, um, not the the bath based ones, but the mm. ones that print up. Yes. Uh, this shows how much I know about three D printing, <laughs> uh, but they're not that expensive. No, I don't think they are. Though, even though it takes a wild print, you can make some amazing things. I saw 52 miniatures painting, uh, printing out a huge starship uh, in components on YouTube, and it looked amazing. Nice. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, because there are some very nice 
3D printing Patreons and stuff yeah. out there, uh, I, I may be I may be tempted. Mm. Mm. Although I do need to buy a lot of other things as well first. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, very, very cool. Very nice. Oh, they're nice looking goblins. Again, menacing looking goblins, not whimsical mm. looking goblins. I mm. like a menacing looking goblin because they are so easy to just pull off that kind of nice goblin. Somebody's applied paint. Well done, them. Yeah. Nice. Now they just need to take a pair of clippers and flush that curve off that base. <laughs> 25 by 50 mil square. Slash rectangle. That's what you need for gaming. <laughs> Yeah, I like that these actually would work quite nicely with the Atlantis uh, yeah. goblins and the that stuff that they've done. Yeah. So if you've got some uh, resin uh, Atlantis stuff sti- sitting around, mm. and they've recently released their wood elves as well. Mm. Oh, my God. Yes, they have. Um, so if you wanted to mess around with wood elves and some of the elves we've seen here or goblins from them and these goblins here, uh, I think you'd be on the money, I think. Nice. Uh, so yeah. oh, sweet. Very good. And if nice. you go across to... Daybreak underscore miniatures on Patreon. You can uh, jump in and follow them that way, which yep. presumably gets you earlier access and other additional things. Yeah. So, uh, as is the case with a lot of the Patreons and the My Mini Factories and stuff that we've seen in the past, uh, you tend to get a bundle of interesting things each month. Mm. In this case, you've obviously got the uh, some dwarves and stuff as part of the busts and things mm-hmm. as well, there, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then you also get early access to things in STL file form before they become available over on the uh, the My Mini Factory page as well. Uh, but then if you wanted to wait and you just wanted to pick them up then, you can do that as well, which is pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, get your friends with 3D printers mm. ready because you're about to give them some files to print. Yes, you will, Justin. Justin. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, so as well as uh, Daybreak Miniatures, mm. mm-hmm. we also have The Printing Goes Ever On and On, Back to the Door Where It Began. Uh, so this is, well, this is basically for free. Um, so. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm going to sit here with my mouth like this yeah. for the whole time. I really will be. People yeah. at home can probably keep watching. Yeah, even though it is for free. Yeah. Uh, so this is the printing goes ever on and on. And the idea behind this, uh, if you hadn't guessed by the name of the project, is that it's painted it painting printing Tolkien adjacent. We'll say miniatures that could be used in order for you to play out your own version of oh, the saga nice. of the ring and the one ring uh, and maybe even going back as far as the hobbit as well if you wanted to as well mm. but uh they have put together selections of miniatures here that have sort of been parceled out into uh chapters oh, i'd say cool. <laughs> so they started out with and it's a bit that i wish was not omitted from the lord of the rings because it's amazing <laughs> the barrow downs oh the, yeah They've started with the Barrow Downs and then they've nice. gone through Bree and then they've got up to Weathertop, although they've obviously named them all very differently mm. for reasons. Mm. Uh, and they're at the moment, I think, in Moria, which is pretty awesome, sort of diving into that. That's um, fascinating. Mm. I haven't seen many places do that where you've got... Kind of like plug system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so you can choose, do you want the, mm-hmm. the ranger, archer, swordsman yeah. and dagger? Um, Especially good if you're making a character for a role-playing game. Because yeah. you'd be like, I want oh, to have the sword and bow. And yeah, yeah. we've managed oh, yeah, it. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It's three just print, print them print a billion yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, these yes. are really, really nice sculpts. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them, I think, some of the earlier ones, I was a little on the fence with. Mm-hmm. A lot of their more recent stuff that they've been doing, especially the elves, some of the dwarven stuff, obviously. Uh, and a lot of the stuff they did around her, like Bree and, and the Barrow Downs as well, I think came across exceptionally well and i think they'll be really fun to paint up and play around with um 
obviously very good for using in your fantasy games. However, you might want to take them. If you wanted yeah. to use them for the Middle yeah. Earth game, you definitely could do. If you wanted mm-hmm. to use them for a bit more of an agnostic system and just flavor it to Lord of the Rings, you could do. I know a lot of people are doing Rangers of the Shadow Deep with a Lord of the Rings kind of stint to it, because obviously Rangers is in the name. Yeah. Uh, and instead of it being into the Shadow Deep, it's into the realms of Mordor and stuff. Mm. So you could obviously play around with that motif and stuff. This, oh, oh my God. Look at the terrain. The this. terrain is beautiful as There's well. There's even a Tom. Oh. oh, no, I just saw the Tom Bomber do it. <laughs> yeah. He looked awfully merry. Oh, this is incredible. The terrain yeah. is gorgeous. The terrain literally looks like it's been plucked straight from Tolkien Universe. Yeah. It is phenomenal stuff. Beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, I, I quite liked how they parceled it out into these kind of this chapter format mm. because it means that if you're diving into this and you want to try and. Um, kind of like build up a collection, but also play the game at the same time. Yeah. You're encouraged to like print off chapter one, play stuff around chapter one, mm-hmm. and then move on to the next bit. It also looks like they've added in some like rule sheets in there as well, which is pretty cool, actually. Uh, well, I need that's to, very I'm, cool. I'm not entirely sure what that's tied to, but very, very cool addition. Uh, mm. We shall find out in time. Yeah, we'll find out, time. find out when I'll put I some buy... links into the comments down below. Yeah. <laughs> you'll find out when I buy a 3D printer and just start printing stuff now. <laughs> well, you'll be, you'll be over in Ireland soon enough and you'll be I able know. to use the studio ones to your heart's content, I think. So there's even oh, cats. Oh, there's even a kitty. Yeah. Or in this case, do, five of them. Yeah. Oh, I, I do wonder if they put together a uh, a, a bumbling breezeman and nibbling on a carrot if they didn't they should do that in the future they uh, should I think should really consider it so, uh, but yeah. well, we can have um, a look we can yeah. oh yeah you're in the brie I see a man trader. with vegetables but your halfling oh, trader sees there's somebody strider. enjoying themselves put on your best um, strider in the corner your best West Country accent to uh, include him in your your initial game, and then immediately change the accent because, as a character, you can't really keep it up. Sorry, Vigo. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Some really nice stuff. The Ents were stunning because what I find with Ents miniatures, especially, is because I do quite I I quite enjoy terrain. I've been really looking at terrain a lot more than miniatures recently in terms of painting, mm. and Ents are kind of like a bit of a hybrid between the two really because yeah. you have the kind yeah. of aspect of painting the wood with detail but it's also part of the character these ends were gorgeous mm. um i was very much drawn to the end have a look at the there they go the top yeah they are stunning <sighs> tree ants they're called in this mm. <laughs> it's much bigger than ants yeah. yeah i quite like the way that they did these as well because obviously you've got one of the things obviously when you look at the the Tolkien version of the uh, tri- the ants. The ants. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're trying yeah. to uh, a particular type of tree. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like that that's something that's been done and sort of played around with here. So you've got Just kind of one of those, like the willow maiden almost as well, which is pretty awesome. And you've obviously got uh, <laughs> an orc being flung around by an angry tree, which is very cool as well. Mm. I, I, I often think that. It's, it's one of the things that I've always been tempted with when it comes to Kings of War is making a very sort of almost uh, nature-based mm. um, mm. elemental style army and using things like tree men a lot more. And Mantic yes. do a really good range of like different characters and stuff. Uh, like they've got their sort of like smaller um, tree spirits and stuff, which I think are yeah. really nice. Yeah. Uh, you can so mixing things like this wild. in would be really cool. Yeah. Oh, you can make some really filthy lists at the moment, especially yeah. with the Wilt Father. So you've got essentially Ents. So the the treekin 
herders and the wilt fathers and named one and yeah. them combined with a whole host of tree kin and hunters would just make Beautiful. everybody hate you <laughs> <laughs> or you could run just the elemental army so you could have your yeah. your mm. trees and your various mm. earth fire wind and water <sighs> elementals as well there's um there's a again salastir or also saruman not saruman <laughs> not Saruman, and there was not Grimmer Worm Tongue as well. Mm. Nope, very much not. <laughs> but, um, I, I, uh, we talked about how the um, the previous Kickstarter did both character miniatures, but also some terrain elements as well. Mm. Uh, you see that definitely with this one, uh, with the printing goes ever on and on because it does. <laughs> uh, with they've done like a really awesome sort of um, set of dwarven terrain, so they've got a, a multi-part bridge uh, that can come apart, sort of very modular. They've done like a massive dwarven forge as well as part of their collection, oh. uh, which is really nice. Dragon. And obviously, like mine tracks and all that kind of thing too. So if you want to play out some stuff, maybe from that's uh, stunning from Goblin Town rather than Moria, you could do that as well, which is really nice. Would you um, take me to Goblin Town? It's <laughs> <laughs> all stuck in your head. Now. You're welcome. I'm never going to be able to unhear that now, Jerry. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yep. And that forge is stunning. It's gorgeous. Binds of Baznar. Yes. So, um, yeah, they, they haven't just done stuff that is uh, very sort of Tolkien Shame adjacent. Mm. Uh, they've done previous stuff in the past, which is a lot more focused towards the idea of like fantasy heroes and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so they have done like a bunch of sort of like your classic adventurers nice. uh, and also monsters and stuff as well. But uh, yeah. Man, really liking those goblins. Ninja goblins. They're gorgeous. Yeah. I haven't seen a not golem yet. Dead people. <laughs> I There's definitely one in there somewhere. Yeah. There's got to be. But, uh, the the, the yeah. terrain, the terrain, I, I, is blowing me away the most, in all my opinion. Because even the like the boats, the elven boats and stuff like mm. that, it's so detailed yeah. and so accurate. Well, it, it's one of those things that, uh, and I know we've talked about this before, but it's almost finds itself a little bit of an afterthought when it comes to war gaming. Mm. Um, is that obviously we put so much energy into painting our armies and getting them ready for the tabletop that when it comes to terrain you're almost just like ah yeah whatever just stick a box yeah that's <laughs> sad there is something nice to having a proper lovely tabletop with appropriate mm. terrain that fits the setting and the aesthetic uh, and playing around with that so uh, gorgeous Oh, straight from Rivendell, that one. Straight, <laughs> straight out of Rivendell. Yes, out of Rivendell. Yeah. Put, stick some uh, li uh, stick a library underneath that. Oh, it's and, just. Uh, Elrond would be very happy. So, so much opportunity. I here. can see the bug-eyed one, and I am looking for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the tree with ravens is quite nice as well. That's cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, very nice section of things. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously done with a distinct style to them that is mm. separate from sort of Games Workshop Jackson style yes. of, uh, of Lord of the Rings and also the slightly more bookish look that you get from a lot of other um, creators out there as well. But um, Tolkienism is very much the rage, especially if you're a, an Oathmark player. <laughs> um, so if, if you're liking the look of these, maybe consider them and uh, drop them into all manner of different games. I think they yeah. work quite nicely. So, yeah. I think they're, they seem to be following a similar idea. Um to a lot of companies where they make themselves as accessible as possible for yeah. either the yeah. RPG or the, the sort of the skirmish yeah. community. So, you know, having the, having things like the weapon swaps and, and the terrain there as well, mm. um, gives you an awful lot. I think it's because we've only hit death of a hero. I think bug eyed golem esque, You're right. which is probably going to be called something like column. Uh, he's oh, not going to be here. He's not going to be here for a little while. Call yeah. him. Call him. Call him. <laughs> but 
you know, having things like this. Oh, uh, wow. Particularly good because uh, statues at the top. I still would my print them heart. so big. Oh, man. Did you, oh, the, the, the statues at the top there. Yeah. They would be printed huge. Mm. They're just gorgeous. They you get a really nice yeah. paint job on those. Yeah. Be nice like to it do would them. require one of the big going up ones, not bath ones, I think, oh, yeah, at that yeah. point. Yeah. That's the way that I'll always describe 3D printers. Mm. Bath ones or going up ones. Going up ones. <laughs> Uppy ones. Uppy ones or downy ones. Like stalagmites <laughs> and stalactites. Yeah. Got to have a system. Yep. But uh, yep, they also have a Patreon, as Jerry is showing off here, yep. where you can get involved and uh, check out all the different levels of access and also discounts and all sorts of things as well, which is pretty Beautiful. cool. So I think a lot of it is more focused towards the idea of like discounts and stuff. But uh, uh, yeah, very cool indeed. I'm trying to see if they mentioned what those rules are that they've come up with or yeah, where they're tied in, but I can't see anything there. They so. may be tied into, um, although that looks like an interesting thing. I like dragons. Ooh, that <laughs> looks guess. like dragons. Focus. Oh. oh, look at Mary and Pippin. Oh, I love the little faces. I know. <laughs> Cheeky chappies. I mean, drinking not away Mary. At the, uh, drinking away at the end draft. Ah, yeah. yes. Good old <laughs> old Toby. Yeah, we'll not be going any further through that. Another hundred odd posts oh. of the fact that they've got Battle mats yeah. as well. Incredible. Um, tied in there. So potentially it may just be rules for some sort of uh, 5e adaptation. Mm-hmm. They might be. They might just be, yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. um, well, we'll leave that for you to examine for yourselves. There will be links down below to go and check all these yeah. out, yeah. either via my mini factory uh, or from Patreon. So, yeah. so the printing does indeed go ever on. Really and so was we into <laughs> Kickstarters. Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim centre over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. So we have two Kickstarters this week. <laughs> uh, and I will kick things off with Guardians of Fire. Uh, because I've had a chance to both paint and play mm-hmm. with the Guardians, uh, which is interesting. I've even read the comic book. Well, well done, <gasps> me. Wow. Oh. <laughs> uh, so this is currently on Kickstarter from MMG, mm-hmm. and it is a narrative dungeon crawl um, set around uh, the sort of 1100s, 1200s-ish neck of the woods in Persia, and it's all about the fight of light against darkness, um, because at the end of the day, what else is there but light and darkness? Mm. Uh, so it's a, a one against many. Right. Um, they do suggest that you always play with the maximum number of, of characters. Um, but that can be quite heavy going, as I think showed in our gameplay mm. bit, because there's a lot going on with the game itself. Um, you're not just moving and, and attacking a character when you're playing uh, the Angra Mayenu player the the darkness is in control of kind of what's happening as you explore the dungeon and try and find the the plot progression to solve the mystery that's that's within it um because you are the guardians of fire a member of a a brotherhood of zoroastrians um monks of light if you will um and you uncover a uh plot by the darkness they're not demons and angels they have different terms in that uh 
And, and also not the band. <laughs> I should put that right. <laughs> very, very much Disclaimer. not the band. <laughs> uh, but as, as you're playing through as the darkness, you get to uh, believe in a thing called love, just within the root of my heart. But also you, you, you draw out the order in which the turn will activate. So you'll, you'll pull out it's sort of a blind draw and it will determine the activation order of each of the characters um, plus the darkness itself. However, there are things that the characters can do to mitigate that somewhat. So for example, the leader of the faction, uh, Hormozan, this white character, he can always swap with a, another friendly character who is at the very first to the first activate because oh, he's okay. the leader. So he can choose to jump forward. If you've got maybe like your healer is in there and you don't want him to activate that early, mm -hmm. uh, you can push him back. Um, some of the ones like Ashran, the, the seeker, uh, can re if he's the last, he can replace his token with any other token, including uh, the darkness, including Mayu, forcing him to be the last one to activate in a round. Oh. So you've got that to to deal with. And then when you're actually playing yourself, you have a finite amount of actions, but you, yeah. you draw those as well, depending on whether um, you draw it a action token, a light focus token, or a darkness token. Um, you will either continue your game, so you can have up to like, sort of three actions, or if you draw out the darkness, you can either choose to end there or the temptation is to throw it back in the bag and draw again uh, to try and get another action. But uh, doing that forces the darkness tracker along, which means the darkness player has more access to cool. cards yeah. and minions to throw against you. Um, it's fascinating because it, it pulls it back to the story that you sort of get in flashbacks uh, in the Zoroastrian cult. The world was created for the battle between Mayunu and Hiramazda and the world will be consumed someday. Mm -hmm. It is literally just a plane for them to to fight out light against darkness. But the the graphic novel itself takes place in modern day with flashbacks oh, to cool. stuff that's happened in the past. The board game is all about the stuff that happened in the past oh. um, and how they've got this this uh, sort of grander uh, scheme going on and um, you get the comics with this as well nice. um so That's they've, great. they've been working their way through um i've also been listening to feedback so some people were saying that uh the they would like to see the rule book so they uploaded the rule book and the chronicles mission That's so cool. um which i think chronicle one is about eight scenarios um and none of them are particularly short uh, the introductory scenario where you're you're sort of getting involved in learning the game um i think we ran for about two hours although right, there was yeah. a lot of humming and hawing in there as well <laughs> and, and i was very generous i didn't just ruffle stump them i really should have i could have been out of there in an hour flat if i just <laughs> thrown all the demons at them um but they've uh they've been going through here so the the core pledge is relatively small yeah in that it's 31 miniatures so you've got your heroes plus any that they unlock and then you've got uh your various demons mm -hmm. um but it's it's more about the gameplay than about giving you hundreds and hundreds of models yeah um, yeah you are telling a narrative story uh, and the progression of that uh, is more important than having 1500 miniatures that you're never going to take out of a box yeah i quite like the phoenix as well he's cheeky That's beautiful. i did really like that focus from them mm. Uh, in that it was sort of like, we're trying to tell a story and we've put the miniatures that you'll need in, but we're not going to overload you just for the sake yeah. of overloading yeah. you. So. 
and Apush. I got like I said, oh I got the chance to play these. Apush is absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lovely, lovely. Dev Devra. They're massive as well. He I is. Know. Wow. The, the others, these are, I think they're, they're 32 with the heroes being slightly larger, although that may just have been the prototype I got. Yeah. They may have been printed, so they were sort of closer to um, 40. But some of these are huge if you want to see them. Uh, they're yeah. in the gameplay video. Um, and then there'll be uh, an article coming out next week that mm-hmm. sort of, sort of close-ups of, of a lot of the various miniatures as well because they're absolutely gorgeous. Nice. And it plays out on a big thing. Now, you do need, this is not a, a small dining table thing when you're dungeon crawling. Uh, the the boards themselves are big size. I think they're oh, 50 yeah. mil squares on those oh, boards. Wow. Yeah. wow. Oh, yeah, 350 you can, you can stack yeah. multiple miniatures depending on the size. You can have like three cultists on one square or three heroes on one square. Although I do like that because I'm cack handed and whenever I'm moving somebody about on a small one inch squared board and then all of a sudden everybody goes everywhere I, I like I like the fact that there's a, a bit of room to, yeah. to maneuver on them you're not constantly knocking just because you're picking up one model doesn't mean you're knocking three others around you the um, city board the expansion the city of the dam then adds in uh, Parsha as a new hero uh, yep. city guards it's more also, martial focused as well which I thought was pretty cool yeah. So, uh, and then the the uh-huh. werewolves, and, and this is like you said, it's martial. So the first the first set are three priests who are priestly abilities granted on them, and then these heroes are more uh, martial because they've done an assassin as well, haven't they? In the they have, yeah, they've done a, a female assassin, and I think there's um, mm. another priest coming as well. So they've got, they've mm. done a, a couple of different things, but the the idea behind this is it is more the the guards in the city fighting through it without right, yeah. Without it, uh, they're they're based that priests play well together and then the guards play well together. You can mix them, but you may find mm-hmm. that by mixing them, you're not getting the boost, which, which will probably make it a slightly harder game. And when you're playing against one of your friends who is deliberately trying to trip you up and slap you down, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's one way to go. So I've, yeah. I've currently I've read the uh, initial ones that work and progress on chapter three. No, I... um, there is a interview coming with Iman in. Uh, a couple of weeks where we have a chat about some of this um, because uh, I was fascinated both on the the way he sort of structured uh, the game, but also the basis and backstory of the game. And there yeah. are some, there are some things in the comics that haven't been touched on yet in this. Um, but he also said they wouldn't, it's not just that they would be unlocked with so many stretch goals. This yeah. has a very finite funding goal and and campaign that they want to run and some of the other things that are in the comics that he would love to bring in will be way down the line yeah in a different campaign because it's it's a case of not wanting to overwhelm yeah, uh, yeah, yeah too yeah. quickly yeah. so yeah this is, it's, it's this a is, huge kickstarter isn't it it's a big deal of love from him as well uh, mm. which is thing i think you're saying I can't remember if we said this on camera or not. No, I, th- I think it was before we started actually recording. Mm. But he'd seen the film 300, and the Persians are portrayed as these strange demonic beastie type things. Yeah. And it's going, you know, pretty much any time you see them in popular culture or media, um, they always get sort of the, the rough end of the stick. They are the bad guys. Um, so he specifically started writing the, the comic to sort of focus on the the positive the good guy side of things and it's not just a yeah. case of of chucking them in as another masked villain I, I like that it i like that it's set 
in a set well it's in a setting that is very different from what we normally see as well yeah like one of the things that really sold me on gloomhaven when it came out was that it wasn't typical fantasy it was mm. different creatures mm. from different factions and species and that kind of thing all coming together in a very very different unique world and then whilst this one is still set within almost our understanding of our reality and yeah. history. It's also drawing on a mythology that probably a lot of people don't really know about. Mm. And even though it's still got that almost like heaven versus hell, light versus dark thing going on, you've got that really nice aesthetic to the different miniatures, mm. the way in which they play, all the different creatures that you throw into the mix as well. So it's it's something that's a little bit refreshing, I think, for the yeah. dungeon crawling genre that is more often than not given over to bunch of heroes, a human, a dwarf, and an elf going to fight goblins and orcs. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's um, they're the themes, light against darkness. They're universal themes, regardless of what what slant is put on them. Um, yeah. But having it coming from that uh, that Middle Eastern feel, that is something that you rarely, if ever, see. Yeah, um, yeah. is is just. <laughs> terrific so i was i was a big fan of it i'd like to play some Yay. more um and also just set all the goals on justin and shay <laughs> but uh look out for uh, a music video coming soon as well i think oh yeah. cool yeah cool. it might be a christmas song who knows <laughs> could be. Have fired the christmas song <laughs> it, be it, it all ended in terror terrible terrible darkness what was the darkness christmas song i can't remember i, I can. know they... um we're not going to say it now. <laughs> I knew they did bring out a Christmas song. Just oh, very much so. I am singing it in my head. Yeah, I, can't, I think yeah. I'm better off leaving that one to not remember. Christmas time. Anyway. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> this, is, this has gone very, very wrong indeed. Anyway, yeah. uh, if you are interested in Guardians of Fire, there are 18 days left and they are currently funded. And so, I definitely think it's it's worth checking out. Check out the Let's Play. Some, some would say that you have permission to land on this Kickstarter page and check it out for yourself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway. Up? What's up next? Oh, God. Right. So uh, as well as Guardians of Fire, we also have a trip into the world of sci-fi because mm-hmm. Privateer Press are back on Kickstarter with nice. Warcaster and the Thousand Worlds. Um, so this is, I believe, it's the third Kickstarter that they've done, their third fundraiser for Warcaster and the Mechanica, which is their 35mm uh, sci-fi game, kind of based in the future world that mm-hmm. was left behind in Imran um, mm-hmm. with War Machine and Hordes. Um, with this particular um, project, we're looking towards creating uh, not just a book called The Thousand Worlds, but also new, what are they called, um, hunter cadres mm-hmm. for you to use as almost like the basis for your forces on the tabletop. Uh, and I am also really loving the trailer. Um, it's very much reminding me of how cool you'd see like Dota and LOL uh, cinematic. High sci-fi uh, yeah. like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God cool but anyway <laughs> so there's um four factions in the game and they each get themselves a new hunter cadre for you to play around with so the march of worlds i've got the dragoon air cavalry the iron star alliance bring the alliance regulators the eternus continuum bring the terminus cabal and the Imperians bring the harbingers of cyrus and you see cyrus mm. um so uh each of these sets is basically to, uh packed full of dubious for you to play around with, all available in metal, which is the material that they use for a lot of these and will be very familiar to people who have played War Machine and Hordes in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool aesthetic to the game. Uh, a lot of people will 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 liken it to um, other games out there, but I think mm-hmm. they've done some really nice things, especially with the Marcher Worlds in particular, try and give them a very unique and different feel. And I think the Eternus Continuum as well have got this really nice, almost like dark 
sort of um, evil space magic feel to them as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's really nice. Um, a lot of people really, really enjoy these and have been diving in them and having a good time with it as well. Um, in addition to the Hunter Cadres, which we're seeing there, they're also going to be doing um, new heroes, solos, and wild card heroes, which kind of like sort of mercenaries and stuff you can throw into the mix mm-hmm. as well. Um, all looking very, very nice. Um, and this all comes underneath the banner of the Thousand Worlds. So the Thousand Worlds book sort of continues to tell the story of Warcaster, but also brings in um, a bunch of rules and stuff from previous stuff that's happened in order to kind of make it almost like a one-stop shop for Mm -hmm. Warcaster. So you basically get the Thousand Worlds book and it'll have everything you need in order to really dive in and play the game. Um, As I say, this is like one of the things that Private Press do really, really well is I think their world building and art and lore and storytelling. And this is very much apparent with what you're seeing here with the Thousand Worlds. They've really dived in and really built up each of those four factions to give them a lot of backstory and stuff that you can draw on and paint up interesting characters in your games and play around with. But then there's all the lovely artwork and stuff about the different worlds that you can go and fight on as well. So it's really something of a little uh, hobbyist paradise if you want to try and make up some of the different distant planets that you might be exploring in the world of Warcaster uh, with this book as well. So yeah, again, a little bit of a, as we said, with Gardens of Fire, this one seems like a little bit of a labor of love for a lot mm. of people in the in privateer press who have um, really dived in to sort of add as much as they can to this uh, in previous ones they've done vehicles and stuff which was pretty cool so they're building on all that kind of thing as well too so yeah they've they've really fleshed out warcaster so that it's now a an entire range uh in, in a very short span of time as well thanks to fundraising i think uh, and and a lot of it is also available over on their web store mm. if you're interested in diving in and give it a go as well so yeah i think it's interesting because often we see things like this and the stretch goals are all about miniatures miniature miniature yes. miniature normally uh, the current one they're working on is more um in world fiction yes uh yeah. and also i think well Probably by the time you see this, it will be finished. But the the backers have have chances to vote as well mm-hmm. for some of that fiction that's going in, so you can kind of shape what comes next. Yeah. And if there's things that people have come across that they want more detail on, then you get a chance to you know sort of forward your cause for that uh, and try and get the world that you want to see developed developed. So it's mm-hmm. you know it's it's really key for people who are getting into Warcaster if they're going yeah. well I, I've already got this world I think this is a really yeah, unique yeah. aspect and I'd like to hear more about this yeah. and then you know if there's enough people on board with you then it's potentially the direction they'll go and, and give you that sort of backstory you're after. I really love when publishers talk to their community when mm. Kickstarter's yeah, yeah. alive because yeah, it just right. it seems like they constantly improve and they want to give people what they want and mm. that's really nice that Privateer Press are doing. Yeah. Uh, Justin had a look at the um the sets when they first came out mm. for their first Kickstarter and he was really impressed with the miniatures and nice. I think he was really he really liked the changes that they'd made to the core mechanics so a lot of it is very familiar but they changed the way in which you sort of approach it because like the war cast that you'd normally find in sort of War Machine and Hordes is you in the game and it's almost like you're you have the general's eye view of the table tabletop instead of you yeah almost being represented by a warcaster on the tabletop itself. Yeah. Uh, and so you actually have to bring down elements of your forces onto the tabletop and play it out on a little bit more of a dynamic field than you'd see a normal skirmishy war game, which I think is really nice. That's um, so it's definitely one to look at if you are like a fan of the kind of mechanics that Privateer Press play around mm-hmm. with. Uh, and obviously if you like their aesthetic and the miniatures they produce as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Fantastic stuff. Mm-hmm. So for that campaign, there is currently 
13 days left, so just under nice. two weeks, and also yeah. well-funded. Yeah. And 18 days left for Gardens of Fire, as you see this as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. mm. Yeah. so there you go, folks. That's your news. You're all up to date. You can relax for the rest of the weekend. <sighs> then it all us. starts again on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to join us over on the uh, on Tabletop site for our XLBS show on Sunday morning, where you can yes. get a, a sort of more relaxing chat as we have a ganch about what we've been up to hobby-wise with the community, then please feel free to join us over there. You can sign up for a 30-day trial. Feeling that, we'll see you in the comments and again next Friday. But until then, enjoy your weekend. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.